Welcome everyone to the Hotel Nerd Network brought to you by Anchor. What's Anchor you say? It is an easy way to make a podcast like this one for free. That's right, I said it, for free. But not only that, you can record from the comfort of your home, on the PC, or on the go with your phone. They have everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best feature is that they even distribute the podcast for you on multiple platforms, so you don't have to stress on getting your content out there for the world to hear. If you're looking for a free and easy way to make a podcast, download the Anchor app on your mobile device or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now please sit back and enjoy the show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Hotel Nerd. Uh, Thank you for... uh, letting us take a week off with everything that was going on. Uh, everything is still going on. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to make a special episode of that. Uh, I just, some things that I need to work out on my end mostly, but tonight uh, on our re-debut, I guess you can say, we have Alex. Uh, excuse me if I pronounced your last name wrong. I'm going to try. Shashak? Shashak. Shawshank. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank and you. I, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> I <had> questioned you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. It's uh, it's my married name, and it's. I know it's not the easiest for a lot of people. I personally have a very bad lisp, so it's something I have. To, I've had to kind of learn to combat personally. So I know where you're coming from. And as everybody could tell, um, John's not with us tonight. He has uh, an emergency that he has to attend to. So. Uh, thoughts and prayers out to John. So Louis the Frenchie is uh, jumping in instead and holding down the fort at the hotel with me tonight. Thank you for having me on the second time, man. It's really, uh, really a p- pleasure to be on your show. Oh, absolutely. And uh, let's just jump right into the conversation yep. that we were having uh, right before we went on. Uh, you brought up about uh, not agreeing with Alex about. Uh, her take on the Joker. So I'll let you two start out and then I'll, <laughs> I'll jump in with my thoughts after I let you two hash it out. Round one. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, you want to go or do you want me to go? Uh, go ahead. I, it's like, I, we were already, we were kind of focusing on my side of the convo, uh, you know, right before this. So I'd love to hear more about you. All right. Well, um, Obviously, like what you said in uh, the John Roca's uh, morning show, and we were talking about before starting the show, uh, you're right. There's a lot of jokers on screen. It's something we've seen often. But like the last joker, there's always a new spin. There's always something else you can do with it and still integrate uh, new villains. Arkham Asylum. Right, you do something oh, totally. very Arkham Asylum, but you have Joker as the mastermind, the puppeteer. Uh, you a bit, a, a bit like the uh, Emperor Palpatine. You seem a bit in in the second Batman, and then he's a main villain, third one. When you realize he's actually the whole, the one whole orchestrating the whole thing with other villains, right? So I completely agree. But by doing him not as the main villain, but the overarching enemy. Uh, of uh, the whole trilogy that could work because that's something that's not something we saw yeah i i definitely can understand where you're coming from um i definitely 
agree. There's a million and one different directions you can take when it comes to the Joker. We've seen many <laughs> adaptations yeah. of the Joker, not only on the big screen, but small screen and in games. So I always love seeing, you know, regardless of the different interpretation of the Joker that we get, I am always excited to see that. Mm. But at the same time, I have we have not seen nearly enough uh, Batman villains on the big screen at all that have yet to really be seen at all. We have have uh, we did get you know Selena Kyle with Catwoman, and we're getting another one here pretty soon with Zoe Kravitz. But I really want a lot more emphasis on the Penguin, the Riddler, mm. Anarchy, Deadshot, um, you know, Deathstroke, Crime Doctor, Killer Croc. I mean, uh, Ra's al Ghul, Talia al Ghul, Man Bat. Dude, let's get weird. I mean, Man Bat, Matt Man. I mean. Uh, you can go, uh, what was that, uh, Clayface. Oh, my gosh, I'm yeah. dying for an awesome Clayface movie. Um, <clears throat> but that being said, I mean, there's, sure, there are a million and one different versions of the Joker you can do that we've seen in comic books. But, I mean, I feel like we've already, we've had so many interpretations. I just want some more, you know, uh, more adaptations of the villains. You know, the Joker had his time, but why not give some of these others, other villains a try as well? And I'm on yeah. mute. All right, and you can do this. <laughs> uh, I, if you, I can interject fast, fast. You can do the same with uh, the idea I had with the overarching trilogy, doing the Star Wars route. You know, him pulling the strings, but having I don't know Mad Hatter in the second one with uh, hell. Like you said, let's go crazy, Calendar Man and Condiment Man. You know, just for the yeah. heck of it. Love but man, he's so funny. It's great. <laughs> but having it, everything attached, like having this buildup, you know, it's kind of him pulling the strings. You only see him maybe two, three minutes in the second one, but him being the main villain in the third one, you can accomplish what you want and still have a fresh take. So I agree. I just hope they won't solely focus on him because then you know we just had Joker. You know, if it would have been 10, 20 years from now, or, or okay, but we just had Joker. So if you're gonna bring it, bring it very different. I mean, well, not, oh, sorry, not only that, but let's get a proper Mr. Freeze. Not the not that are you PS that we me? got from Arnold. It's nice to meet you. How is that not the no. most perfect? No. <laughs> most perfect Mr. Freeze ever. Uh. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. It's so good. With the glow glow in the dark mouthpiece. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference between good Mr. things and guilty pleasures, Mr. Alex. Mr. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's we okay. How hey, we've already had so many different interpretations of of the Joker. Yes, hmm. by different actors, very different approaches. But we've already we've had like six, you know, and that's not even including the games. And you're right, he could it could be another interpretation of the Joker, and maybe he'll get a lot of Oscar buzz. And on top of that, um, he maybe it could be a Palpatine inspired situation where he could be the puppeteer behind it. Again, that's just more Joker than I really want. I I still I mean we just had one that hit, who was just talking uh, nothing about the Joker. He was a title character and it won a whole bunch of Oscars. Mm. You know that one's still <clears throat> so fresh for me. It was just released less like last fall, like last September or something. And because it is still so fresh to me, especially coming off the award circuit, I don't want any more of it. I really would love that one to really be our Joker for at least a few years before we get another adaptation. We need Killer Croc. Give me Killer Croc and Clayface. Oh yeah, please, please erase Suicide Squad from a lot of things and give us a. It's already a... being erased, so I think you're safe. Yeah, Let, let's get a let's get a uh, proper um, Deathstroke as well. 
Yeah. Let's so, have Batman versus Deathstroke. I, I'm game for that. It doesn't have to be some kind of supernatural villain or anything. Because to my knowledge, I'm not well versed in DC all that much. Mm. I'll be honest, I'm more of a Marvel person. Right. But at the same token, my understanding of Batman villains are they're not supernatural-ish. They are down-to-earth, grounded, mafia-type villains. Black Mask, Joker. In Batman? Uh, yeah. That's that's true to uh, a certain Alex, extent. Alex, I lost yeah, your audio. Um, right, I on. hear that might be on my end. Can you hear me clearly or no? Can I, I can hear you perfectly. Before, before? Yeah. Um, there Hang is on. well, the thing is with uh, DCEU and Batman villains yeah. in general. Sure, there is a grounded aspect to it. You know, there are villains and heroes that are, have that supernatural aspect, you know, uh, such as uh, Ra's al Ghul and Talia al Ghul. There's literally a pool that makes people immortal. <laughs> There's entire superheroes where they're half animals. And they, you, you, and they you are said able it yourself. To, yeah, man they bat. On, yeah, man bat. You know, and so there is. I've never heard of man bat. Yeah, oh, he's, actually, awesome. he's a man that like literally transformed himself into like a bat-like figure. He's and literally has like wings. He his he's he is more he's like a, he looks like a giant bat, like the size of a like the size of a table, only mm. with legs. And weird. you do it know. you do it in the style of a tragic monster movie from the 1930s, you know. It's it's not his fault. You feel bad. For, for the man, but he can't control himself and he becomes a beast, right? So if you if you really touch the sensibilities of a good monster movie that we haven't had in a long time, they might have something on our hands with Man, uh, man Bat. You're making me more excited for a Man Bat than the Joker. Where's your argument, my dude? <laughs> I thought you were arguing favor with the Joker here. I, I really am, but I, honestly, I wouldn't be like pissed if they don't do joker because i completely agree i'm only on board if they do something completely different in an angle that uh doesn't take too much screen time uh that's the only you know way i'm going forward with joker because if they're doing just another focused joker um, centric movie what's the point i mean you said batman has the best villain uh catalog in personally whole uh the whole comic book universe maybe Sight to Spider-Man, you know. I just say Spider-Man. I think would want to have a have a talk with you. Oh, that, those are definitely either one. They both have but, really great villains. Um, I feel like the more uh, when it comes to the 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 history of Spider-Man um, and his villains versus Batman and his villains. And Batman. One of the big things about Batman and his villains is that uh, you know a lot more villains are much more iconic in mm. popular culture versus in Spider-Man. Like how many kids have uh, high school kids and college kids have uh, pictures of you know Doc Ock on their wall? <laughs> Not many. Sure, there are some, but most a lot of them have mostly the Joker or something along those lines. So they both are both have really great. Uh, you know, history with villains and everything, but you can't argue that Batman villains are definitely much more iconic by themselves. N not even, not in just in relation to, you know, the hero. All right. And I, I agree, but I'm, I got a three DC tattoos on my, uh, on me, you know, so I'm kind of, you know, I see uh, I'm a DC guy, but Spider-Man villains really marked uh, a name on their own, but something about, Batman villains, there's, in my opinion, layers to them that some 
uh, uh, Spider-Man villains won't have. Um, there's even like very tragic ones, but and then there's psychotic ones like Joker and uh, all about control, like Ra's al Ghul and um, what's his name, uh, the Doctor with the, the glasses. Um, um. Oh shoot. Um. I know. I Hugo know. Strange. Oh, man. Thank you. Hugo Strange. Yes. Like there's, there's, well, it's all in uh smowdown. I want to get, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not in the movie yet, so you wouldn't get it actually. <laughs> feel free, yeah, feel free to join me in my tra- uh, IG focused training sessions. I would love to have you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's something so more human based on human reality, like the psych- uh, psyche of the humans that uh, certain Spider Man villains don't have, in my opinion. I would disagree with you. Um, okay. I think it's all about uh, the point of view of the director. You can go into a huge uh, psychoanalysis between a lot of uh, like really dark adaptation of Spider-Man. I know we're never going to get a really dark adaptation of Spider-Man. It's just never going to happen, you know. With this this game will never let it happen. Yeah, MCU. Uh, MCU Marvel situation is just not going to happen with uh, especially today's Peter Parker. But at the same time, you can really get, do more like an anti-hero situation with a lot of their villains. Um, you know, Doc Ock in particular, he's a, he's his whole history in particular. He's wonderful. He's such a great villain. Not to mention the way uh, his interpretation of, uh, you know, even in the Spider-Man game on PS4 is definitely one of my favorite adaptations of him. Yeah. Period. Have you guys ever played that game? No. It's I, so good. Really. I started to, and then I jumped into Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay. So, and I'm a big Final Fantasy VII nut, so I've been playing the hell out of it. <laughs> and I, I, I play one game every year. It's NHL. Like, I've been, since NHL 14, no, 12, it's the only game I play for the last eight years. So, oh, you're also you are missing you know, out. So kind of excuse that. It's really good. Uh, that one I'm Canadian. That one in Zero Dark Horizon is uh, Zero Dawn Horizon. Sorry, is so beautiful. If if you're mm. if you're just a movie fan, and if you just, and you really genuinely love uh, the Spider-Man films, it feels the story behind the games are so amazing. They're, the visuals mm. are spectacular. You'll love it. It feels it genuinely feels like a movie. It doesn't feel like a game. So yeah. I couldn't um, recommend it more. <laughs> I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on should he do other versions of Spider-Man in real life, like um, Ultimate Spider-Man or Spider-Man 29 or et cetera. Should we see not just an anime version, but a live action? We need a Miles Morales. I think we, but the thing is, I think we are going to get that very soon. I think it's a matter of time. I think we're going to get a Miles Morales uh, character on screen in the big screen within less than five years, especially with how popular He's become in such a short amount of time, especially now more than ever. Well, yeah. Um, Spider Verse. Yeah. And Spider Verse was really the kick in the ass that he needed. Um, then, uh, uh, what else? The game. And he's getting the game. Mm-hmm. Which is it actually a game or is it an expansion? Because I've heard both. Okay, it's technically is an expansion. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. It is technically that, but I mean it is. It, but it's, it is a game expansion. And they teased them already in the MCU itself because um, the one guy, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Again, to down question, I know it will be for Andrew Geekdom, but the guy that gets his hand webbed to the trunk of the car. And Donald Glover. Thank you. 
uh, that's his uh, Miles' uncle. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's his, Miles' uncle. His uh, he meant his he mentions his last name as Morales. So, and he's mentioned in the credits as being his uncle. So. And this is why I'm not a competitor on any leagues. Uh, and I yeah. comment. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm a manager, not a comment. I'm not a competitor. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, speaking of manager, I've seen that people put you on the list for the ninth manager slot. I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, like like any Schmodown fan, uh, we can dream, but it's not going to happen. I, I recognize that. Who knows one day? I mean, hey, in, that, my, in my dreams. But. That's what probably Janine said to herself or Chance or, uh, you know, Smets at first. But, you know, you're just a fan and then you one day become part of Schmodown. So don't yeah. sell yourself short. You're still you have your foot in Schmodown. Uh, you never know what can happen. It's true. It also helps if you live in L.A., though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, which I do yeah. not. I'm actively trying to move away. Um, Even with live streams, because it, this may be, yeah. might be changing the game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think things, I'm a manager in the fan leagues personally. And so um, I do talk with my competitors. We have like a group chat. We, we chat like every single day as far as like what new movies and stuff we're, uh, you know, trying to learn and update ourselves on and kind of actively work on uh, category wise. But um, working some people work better in that studio environment, mm. you know, obviously I mean like, and actually physically being there in the studio, having that audience, you know, with the lights and everything, that's a very different experience, you know, um, working under that pressure versus, uh, you know, working at home in front of a computer, <laughs> obviously. It's so I am, at, I'm really curious to see how that's, you know, going to play out with some of the competitors, you know, especially in IG, which is, that's rough. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, like uh, me and Kaiser already uh, talked about one day. It's one of those uh, leagues that you miss a question, especially in the like top tier competitors. You're done, yeah. uh, especially if the good uh, steel game in round two. You can't permit yourself to to, to lose a to lose a point. And even more in Star Wars, it's not even a point. You miss a name, a last name, and you're done. You know, and God yeah. knows Star Wars is the most complicated in last names and first names. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of levels of, of, of you have to be on your game to, to yeah. work. Um, a friend of mine, he actually competed in a match recently and he's so, he's really great talented. He's clearly, he knows his stuff. I mean, it's very easy for anyone to have brain farts. I mean, who doesn't um, there? He was asked a question of uh, who played uh the rhino villain in the amazing spider-man 2 and he put mm. down paul giamatti as in paul giomani with an n-i at the end mm. with the answer is giomati yeah. and so like it, it's almost like an elba alba situation like like i see like i hear it and i'm like they sound identical but at the same time it's just like oh <laughs> that one letter <laughs> <The> struggle <laughs> like yeah. he, like he clearly had it but te technically spelling wise they have to line up and that that can be really rough for sure a lot well, of those little things you have to be on top of thank god it wasn't that strict when uh when jte was uh was playing because he would have not won any matches <laughs> yeah like oh no pressure. Yeah, I'm listening to some of the old stuff right now. I just got into um, 
the uh, debut match with the Patriots. Oh uh, boy! Don't spoil. Don't spoil anything, Alex. That's where I'm at, and uh-huh. uh, it's the debut. I love how they always ripped on JTE about how he miss he miss uh, pronunciated things or he misspelled things. Yeah. <laughs> well, JT was one of those competitors, especially how young the league was. Hmm. Um, I'm actually very grateful that, you know, uh, Schmodown was lucky to, lucky enough to have him because obviously he, he's a really great competitor. Um, but also at the same time, him doing a lot of the things that he did is the reason why we have the rules we have today. <laughs> JGEs, the mispronunciations, yeah. you know, tomato, tomato situation, you know, it's, uh, it's, they're very, the rules are there because, um, they weren't there before. And they weren't technically written down until JTE pretty much forced them to. Yeah. And so, you know, honestly, but also it's incredibly smart on, it was incredibly smart on his part to use that to his uh, strategy, to use it to his advantage. Yeah, what you need. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get to it because, yeah. again, rookie fan, I'll fully outright admit it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's not a, I'm not, it's not spoiling anything. Yeah. So, yeah. when does a JTE rule? When, do, when does that start? Like, um, am I, I close? No, I don't think so. You're not for a little bit, to be honest. Um, from what I remember, it has been a while since I remember. But I mean, it's it took a it took like maybe like half a season or something until they realized he was actively not just oh I can't hear it. it he was actually using it to his strategic advantage. So I think it, it took a little bit before they realized, hey, probably shouldn't do that. And, and other <laughs> other player other player catch on, and you start doing what he was doing, right? So it's starting to get out of hand because he, like you said, he exploited a gray zone that he was really smart to say, hey, it's a gray zone, nothing written. I'm gonna go until you know they yeah. say something, and he, he he he's a very you know we go thumbs up on uh, on him for his winning and what he's accomplished but i find he's not talked about enough for his strategy uh we they, they give him a lot of like um bad not bad luck um hard time for you know the way he says things and everything but he's a very smart dude and it shows the way he plays yeah i totally agree he's he's pretty fantastic i i love jt uh, as a competitor and you'll see why <laughs> very soon, <laughs> very, very quickly. So, yeah, uh, so far, my favorite moment is uh, the child JTE with uh, Finstock. Mm. I mean, and I, I my, right now, Finstock, as of right now, I do not like Finstock. Finstock back really? then, I did. Yes. Do, you, do you like Roka yet? I really haven't heard much out of Roka. You, Got to remember too. I'm also listening to it on Spotify, so I'm not actually watching them. I'm listening to them when I'm uh, at work. Mm-hmm. So as I'm doing things, I have mm-hmm. that on, but I have the volume down low so that way I can hear my walkie in case people call for me. But I'm also studying at the same time. Mm-hmm. In a sense, you have, if you have no choice, you have no choice, but you're missing out. Like, there's a couple key moments. I'm not going to say much if you don't know them, but like blindfold and uh, masks and everything. There's things that you have to see to kind of appreciate uh, what JTE's uh, um, is doing uh, yeah. at the moment. If you listen to audio, you might understand what's going on, but 
there's something more impactful actually seeing Roka because yeah. he's a beast on his own. Yeah, he's one of those competitors, and I'm not saying that as as someone that does you know mornings with the the outlaw Roka you know with him a few times a week. It's it's nothing along those lines. It's you can't deny the impact he's had from day one being involved in Schmodown. He was like, uh, he was like one of the first competitors that understood what they were trying to do. And Christian was like, do this and be the heel that we need right now. Because before him, they didn't really have anyone. Sure, mm. they had wild berries, but they were they're a fun group of guys, and they didn't really come off as like a traditional heel. Even today, a lot of people don't consider them heels, even though Christian calls them heels. Um, but Roka, for the longest time, he <laughs> – yeah, that's true. Um, but, but in particular, uh, for the longest time, he was considered, like, one of the best heels of all time until Guy came along, of course. Um, but visually speaking, he's definitely one of those competitors. I feel like he has a bigger and better impact when you actually see him versus on audio. So if you get the chance to, just because, you know, it's – it's a force with the hat, the gloves. He plays blindfolded sometimes. I mean, it's like a whole thing. So, <clears throat> oh, Larry also sent one in here. I'm trying to dig for it right now because uh, we're talking about showdown questions and whatnot. And he he threw this one in here. Say pop quiz was the actual release date for Tenet. <laughs> um, July 31st. Until they push it again. <laughs> yeah, it's like a third time they pushed it. So yeah. I think it was like on what, July 18th, I want to say? Yeah, I, I believe yeah. so. It was, uh, yeah, it was like, I think it was like. I know Wonder like, Woman just got pushed again. I think it was October. October. Yeah, it was originally, in, well, it was, it should have already come out. Then it was moved to August and now October. Yeah. And then my response was, let's talk to you mutants. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, oh, my gosh. I, just, just put it on Hulu. Come on, man. <laughs> Disney, you're yeah. not want, needing the money right now. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm already in the process of signing up for my 10th year on Disney+. Plus. I mean... <laughs> I'm curious, uh, Alex and Hotel. We're talking about Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman. Are you looking forward to it, or what's your thoughts? What's your feelings on on the trailers? On yeah. there are two movies that I'm bummed that aren't coming out right now. One is Wonder Woman. Okay. The other one is Ghostbusters. Oh. Huh? So I was really hyped up for Ghostbusters because Ghostbusters 2016 was a complete shit fest. <laughs> I liked it. And, I thought it was fine. And it's not I, anything. I'm not one of them people who are like, oh, well, it was horrible because it was an all-woman cast, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mine was, that was just a horrible cast in general. And okay. you made huh. Thor look like an imbecile. Uh, <laughs> I loved him. I that. loved it, too. I, I loved, loved it. him. Chris Helmsworth is, was life. I was like, give me health, you know, Helmsworth vibes right now. I thought he was fantastic. Not to mention... Uh, he's actually mentioned in interviews. That's one of the funnest movies that he's been involved with mm. <laughs> till this day, just because he was allowed to, he was, it was like one of the only movies that he was allowed to improvise on. Even today, he's not really asked to improvise all that much. And I have a feeling he improvised a lot on Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. With he, Ta- Taika Waditi. Kind well, of yeah. That's a little bit different. They, uh, they, because uh, I know they said, uh, just like any director, they improvise a little bit, but there's, there's like 
so much of uh, so much of uh, uh, Ghostbusters in particular, they were actively improvising. They weren't just like trying to improvise just one or two lines. They were actively improvising entire scenes versus mm -hmm. Taika Waititi. It was uh, a lot of the improv came from these smaller moments. And Alex, what about for you for Wonder Woman? Yeah, um, that's that. I'm not gonna lie. That's probably gonna be like the movie I would be comfortable going back to see, going back to theaters to see. Like, I don't want to go back to theaters to see Tenant. I don't care about Tenant, but mm. that's fine. <laughs> um, I probably am not gonna be uh, comfortable going to a theater, at least in my neck of the woods, until like more towards the fall. Okay. So. Oddly enough. I was impressed with the trailers. There's something lacking. I don't know. I uh, there's something that just did. I was rooting for it to get me excited. I just didn't get it at all. Um, well, also yeah, consider we only have one trailer a piece for each one. Yeah. Mm. So, and they're not really trailers per se. They're, they're teasers. Yeah. 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 So that that's not the final trailer. Um, so keep that in mind. And yeah. the trailer is not meant to get you to buy your ticket. The ta uh, the teaser is meant to get you interested, generally speaking. Mm. And I, I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. The the ride the lightning scene that we've seen in the teaser for Wonder Woman is going to be <gasps> the No Man Land scene from the first one. Yeah. On it right now. Hmm. Cannot wait. Oh, it's gonna be so good. So good. Oh. Who's the villain? I like. I haven't been keeping track. Do we know who the villain uh, is? Cheetah, isn't it? It's gonna be. I know Tigress, played by Kristen Wiig. That's, that's who it is. Tigress, and I for, can't forget his name. He's he's almost he. Uh, the character was written supposedly not being political here. He's maybe loosely inspired by Trump when the character was written. When okay. the comics were written in the like the late seventies, eighties. Um, uh, but that was like I mentioned. That was like a long time ago. But uh, I think and like visually he has like the, the big blonde hair maxwell lord is the villain for wonder woman 84 yes. and he is played by our favorite mandalorian Pedro oh. pascal yes huh interesting if mm -hmm. petro pascal doing a trump inspired uh, character that's okay all right just that you see that piques my interest the trailer didn't but that piques my interest yeah he it doesn't come off uh i I'm sure I know some people don't see the the Trump ins inspired aspect to his characters, but if you look at the co the comics are directly inspired by him at the time when they were written. So mm. like 80s and 90s Trump, not now essentially. So keep that in mind. Interesting. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's amazing how much comics are influenced by real life events, honestly, or real real life caricatures. I mean. If I'm even using that word properly, I don't even know because, you know, my education here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, I, it's always fascinated me how much comics are influenced by, world, uh, by the real world, mm. by just individuals or events. Mm -hmm. And people... People always give me crap for like, well, why are you reading comics? It doesn't pertain to anything worthwhile. It's like, yeah, some of these events uh, I've never heard about, like the the Tulsa race massacre from Watchmen. Yeah, and then I find out that it's actually what's a thing. It's like, okay. <laughs> well, the comics are just like 
art for art in general is inherently political is uh every form of art is a form of a politics essentially if you want to get down and dirty with it but comics in particular are incredibly political uh, some much more directly than others but i mean like x-men is about i mean it came it, when x when x-men came out in like the 70s it was mm -hmm. a direct result of you know the lgbt community as well as you know uh you know racist discrimination you know yep. at the times between you know, the riots and you know and everything so that you know having that conversation though have you ever tried not being a mutant have you ever tried yeah. you know th those entire conversations it's supposed to be reflections of you know the coming out to your families and friends um, mm -hmm. But, you know, entire conversations of, you know, the feeling of having being required to, oh, these people are dangerous because of this. We can't allow them into our schools. Yeah. They're going to badly influence uh, other people or whatever the situation is. So it, it's, it's so it's, true. Yeah. But also the creators are also very vocal about it as well. At no point are they hiding, you know, what they're representing, which I appreciate. It's so true. I'm, I, I studied in sexology and I was going to specialize before my girlfriend um, uh, got pregnant and we're waiting to, it's two weeks now. Baby's coming in two weeks. Uh, I was going to, thank you. I was going to specialize in LGBTQU studies. Uh, and something I, one of my plans was to, to work on uh, X-Men, how do you relate to the LGBTQ community and how they affected youth uh, in that time. So yeah, uh, comics is Art, art reflects life in any form. Art reflects life. So you got books, you got cinema, you got comic books, you got music. Mm -hmm. It's all what's happening around us. Yeah, uh, I do know comic books for a long time. You know, obviously they were associated with like children's literature. Mm. You know, and or uh, you know, just for for and to some people think it's only for boys or whatever it may be, which is a really unfortunate assumption. But um, Honestly, it just comes down to, you know, it's not anymore. These they've always taught, had really great, intense themes, conversations, but they were masked with this idea. If it's about, if it's in this kind of fictional fantasy sci-fi world, in no way, shape, or form could it be real. It could, it could be like for mature life situations, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that was like kind of a negative association. But if you were reading it, you knew what was going down. Like I always remember, I was too young, probably didn't even exist yet. But there is um, uh, an issue of um, uh, the Arrow and uh, his his partner. I forgot his name. That you know he was a junkie, right? And the Arrow like found him overdosing on drugs. This is yeah. in the '80s, you know. This is comic books are targeted for children, like you said. Yeah, especially in the '60s, '70s, they're going more mature in their subjects. But they touch some stuff that. You know, it's hard to swallow for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, one that's one of the real great things about art in general is that, as well, especially in forms of literature and you know everything, is that you know because it is in these worlds, these fictional worlds, it's easier to sometimes swallow a lot of these darker themes. This, I, you know, when you're tackling themes of like terrorism or race relations or, um, you know you know, drug use and, you know, our, our society, a lot of these really dark, you know, really heavy, you know, themes, you know, sometimes being able to tackle that in this, in this fictional world makes it easier to digest and explain to people. So for, because if you're applying it directly to your own world, it feels so much more terrifying. <laughs> but if you're talking about it in this, uh, in this hypothetical situation, now it's just easier to not only to 
stimulate that kind of conversation, but it's mm. also easier to uh, be objective almost. Mm. Not always, but sometimes. But. <laughs> well, there's always exceptions to the rules, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, have either one of you watched Artemis Fowl yet? No. Yeah. I nope. I don't, super good. I, I don't. I don't even know what it is. Can you explain me that is, please? I really, honestly, don't know. The trailers look really good. Yeah. Like the. The reviews, oh my god, the reviews. <laughs> and that hurts my soul, I'm not going to lie. It really, <laughs> really does. I, I used to read those books when I was in school, when I was like in grade school, early middle school. And I remember loving the books. It's like a, it's a whole series. It's really fantastic and it's really cool. With, it's world building and everything. And then this movie comes out. And apparently they completely changed it the characters and everything because they wanted to disneyfy it a lot more um the books itself they have like a real they have a darker theme the main character the 12 year old genius child he's like a villain he's like a master he's like a mastermind villain in training essentially so yeah so doesn't that sound awesome I mean, he's like, he he steals like really rare artifacts. He steals from museums. He's like anti-Indiana Jones as a 12-year-old with like a mastermind thief dad. <laughs> it's nice. Like, doesn't that, does that not sound awesome? I mean, and he like <laughs> trains his kid to be like this really badass kick, uh, you know, villain. And he ends up being like this kind of pseudo superhero that's a bad superhero. <laughs> Um, and that's from the books you're saying, right? The, the, that plot line is not what's in the movies, but that's what you read in the books. Yes, it's in the books. Right. It's like it's really fun, yeah. And, and again, it's like it's the the book uh, the the book series is something you read when you're like like grade school, like fourth through sixth grade kind of reading level situation. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not young like, adult. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, that's young adult. I mean, like, I, I mean, to me, that's something you you can read when you're in middle school. So, I mean, Larry, Larry says, "Thanks for subscribing to Disney Plus. We will show you how to be a villain." Yo, Disney, <laughs> Disney has some great villains, though. I mean, you can do a top ten, you know, Disney villains thing. That would be baller. So, that would actually be something that would be pretty cool to see on SEN Live, being that Christian is always looking for new material to talk about right now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would be your top live? I know he was getting frustrated on Friday and he said about possibly going on a hiatus, which I don't know if he's officially confirmed that they're oh, really? doing that or uh, if that was just strictly out of frustration. I wouldn't blame him, to be honest. I know they're under a ridiculous amount of stress doing it, but also it's very difficult to do it um, production wise without their usual support system because they've been having so many technical difficulties, you know, especially over the past few weeks where they're just like, you know what? We, you know, it's like, let's screw it. Let's end early. <laughs> so not to mention do like having uh, a lot of those conversations for like so many hours every weekday mm. still with your best friends still that's cool. But I mean, every weekday on camera doing it, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Well, that and I'm sure he wants to do other things behind the scenes. I'm sure he yeah. wants to work with uh, Skybound to try to keep things moving on that end because from the way he was talking, they were like 
days away from having a studio. Mm. Hey, that hurts my heart, man. I know. That hurts my and heart. Then the pandemic happened. It's like, oh. Yeah. Just to, just to hear how he never really came out and said it, but just the idea of being days away. And it's like, it's uh, soul crushing. Yeah. You have a fan that's just soul crushing. Smets, because uh, I host Schmo Bates, it's like Schmo Den theme, uh, theme debate show. Um, Kevin Smets, he won, uh, He his record is currently with one win, no losses. So he has only played in one match, but he was supposed to be in the Tournament of Champions, um, the first like, Schmo Bates tournament, and he was supposed to play. And But we were looking at the schedule, and we are like, okay, realistically, when could you play in your match against this person? All that good stuff. Um, but for like the month and a half, he's like, if we, if we're at, at this time, got to be honest, I don't know if I could do it just because if we, Christian says we, we, we will be probably in the studio by this time. So I got to be actively training during this like whole month and a half. And so I won't have time to do it. Um, mm. And I, and I was like, huh, really? Here, you might be in studio. What? Huh, 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 huh. <laughs> and, but now I'm just like, Oh, but, and then I got like a random message being like, I wish I could have been in your schmobate. <laughs> And I'm like, I wish you could have too, but what also crushes my heart is they were about to have, uh, I believe it was ESPN article, you know, uh, yeah. there's a wave that's going to be starting and then right after studio ESPN, but nothing happened because of COVID. Yep. Uh, so yeah. they were on the precipice and they just signed with the uh, Skybound. And I'm, I don't know uh, Harloff myself, but understanding how but he works he seems like he's got a million plans and everything was starting to click right at the last minute and then well i'm sure we all can relate uh i mean i as far as i know i'm the newest one i'm i'm the baby youtuber here <laughs> um but so fresh so new <laughs> you're uh, we've been you going new and doing this since january and oh, yeah. uh I know how frustrating it was between January and when Brett and Kate, I finally was able to get them on. And now since Brett and Kate came on, it's like the floodgates opened and things are getting a little bit easier. Still stressful. Don't get me wrong. Still stressful. I'm still trying to figure things out. Like tonight, I'm actually having issues with Streamlabs. I am having issues with PayPal. I can't get to the donations of anybody sending them in, which is frustrating the hell out of me. Not going to lie. Uh, so I can kind of understand the pain to a point. The Christian is feeling his is magnified 110 fold to me. I, I'm a small fish in a very, very big ocean. He, he's basically a great white shark compared to me. I'm a minnow. So yeah. if, if I feel it at my level, I can only imagine what his level is because he's got the schmo down. He's got SEM live. It, he's got normal life. He's got kids. <laughs> so. Well, I think uh, it's no, um, it's no surprise that uh, Wi-Fi and access to a lot of these websites and everything have really been shoddy you know, across the board around, around the world. I mean, you know, let, I mean, especially here in the U S you know, for everyone. So it's been really iffy just because people are on the internet more than ever before. Uh -huh. People are streaming more than ever before for 
we're all actively on so many devices simultaneously mm. and we're doing it for long periods of time more than ever before because we're a lot of us aren't working you know so we're watching tv and doing something we're on our phone for a lot longer than before things like that um you know we're streaming for longer periods of time i mean if you look at uh over with larry and gucci and kaiser and everyone they were streaming for seven hours the other night that's nuts so i mean it's, it's intense. also then roka's got what five thousand shows on his channel that he's going at one time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Baroque is a busy, but he, he seems like to have one speed, just forward and fast, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that even the couple of matches that I've uh, heard on Spotify, it's like he's just, there's either he's at zero or a 100 at all times, yeah. especially after the Bestman comment. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, too soon. I mean, I know it's a couple years old, but I mean, for me, it's fresh. So. But yeah, you, you'll see that that lit a fire under his butt. You know this uh, to this day. Apparently, he still gets teased, but he he became a whole different player. I find because of the whole Bisman situation, um, and for the better. But that really lit a fire under him. I mean, to be honest, in the moment, I probably would have brain farted on that too. I said Bestman out loud when he was struggling for that third one, and. For me, I got it like that. Then again, I also wasn't at the table. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very different situation. I hear nonstop. I um, being in the fan leagues, uh, there's a there's some fan leaguers, um, based on my personal experience, that um, you know they a lot of there's some fan leaguers that are actively training and working to ideally be in Schmodown one day. Like mm-hmm. that's their goal. Like, you know, that's why they're in the fan leagues. But there's other people that are doing it just because they like to have fun and do it. And they're just like very casual fans. But sometimes they're not even fans of Schmodown at all. They just like being part of the movie trivia, uh, mm-hmm. you know, community, you know, and competing yeah. on that level. Um, but it's, um, but I do hear that because it is in studio, I hear even like before this past season, uh, I know, especially this past season, I would hear a lot of people being like, oh, the showdown is so easy by comparison. And I'm like, dude, you're not there. (laughs) You're not under the lights. You don't have the pressure of like 40 people watching you at that moment in person. And you're not, you don't see that timer going down in front of you. Usually you don't see that score or anything like that. It's a very different situation versus being in your comfort zone at home where everything is like very comfortable for you. It's, it's very, very different. Um, but now we're kind of going back to that being at home, obviously right now. So. Yeah. Now I do have a question because it was brought up by Jay on SEN after live a couple weeks ago. And in a way, I can agree with him on this. Do you think he might not have used this terminology exactly, but in my brain, I kind of went there, um, like having like a quote unquote shot clock uh, instead of having Christian or anybody count down verbally, just have like a clock that just counts down. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can't probably do it right now with doing When you say shot clock, what are you referring to? Like, yeah. You know how basketball has a shot clock and it, it counts down and once it hits zero, then I mean, I'm not a basketball fan, but I'm assuming that you get penalized or whatever for it. But like when he's counting down 10, 9, 8, 7, and they don't do that. Zero, 
Don't they count down? I thought they did. No, they once they once they count that count from five because it starts at like fifteen or seventeen seconds or something, and then they go down. Okay, and they're they're not going to count down like seventeen, sixteen, fifteen. They're that they're not doing that. They're uh, they're like that's why they're chatting. It's like, well, yeah, this is my favorite Star Wars movie or whatever. And then they go five, four, three, two, one, or well, yeah, that's three, two, one, when that that's countdown it. is because I've noticed sometimes their countdowns are a little slower or a little faster than mm -hmm. normal. But if you just had a clock and it just count down, the clock just stays true, <laughs> just as a countdown. Mm -hmm. Do you think that maybe that might be useful down the line? I have a question. It, would that be for the competitors or would that be integrated after YouTube for the viewers? I mean, you could have a countdown clock there in front. I mean, I'm sure somewhere. Could you put it on uh, Christian's desk there at live events or something where they could see it? Where it's counting down, mm -hmm. I find and it would be a so you could integrate it on YouTube somehow. I mean, I'm sure it'd be a little bit more difficult on the tech side. I mean, just an idea. Um, I I like it, but at the same time, if it's for the competitors, it's like an almost an added pressure. I know it would it would put pressure on me. I would I would have to look at a clock and kind of lose my train of thought you know so if it's in front of the competitors i actually see probably more as uh something that would um uh, f up more competitors and actually help them i um i i, I do think you're right i feel like there needs to be consistency with the times because sometimes they they eyeball it essentially and they're like mm. okay it's been about 15 maybe 20 seconds or something we we got caught we got carried away chatting so we should probably we could three two one kind of situation um uh but at the same time i personally don't feel like i need to see that on screen i feel like that's something the in order to avoid like uh going too fast or too slow like the the hosts the commentators that they can definitely have something right there, but I don't think that competitors need to see it because I, I do feel like you are totally right that uh, it definitely adds a lot of added pressure to it. And I don't know about you, but I know if I look at a countdown number <laughs> being like 10, nine, eight, seven, six, uh, I know I'm going to be like, Oh shit, wait, I can't even think what's the, what are we even, what's the question? What? what? <laughs> yeah. Like and, that would be my mindset. <laughs> and that, that's exactly me. And Weston, you're right. But yeah. it, there's a, there's a difference between, you know, having it called out and having a visual pair to, to stress you out. Like me, I'm visual. And Seeing that visual. Five, four, three, two, one is different yeah. from like 20, 19, yeah. 18. Yeah. So that, that's totally different. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, I mean, it was just an idea I figured I'd throw out there. I mean, just yeah. compliment on what Jay was trying to get across. I mean, Jay, if you're watching, I don't know if you are. I know you said you had something going on yourself, but if you watch the replay, if I'm stepping out of line, by all means, send me a message and I'll clear it up the next video. But that was the way I was understanding you what you were trying to get across. Well, it's and it's an interesting conversation to have because Schmodown is going to evolve. Look how like different from season two or even one to, to now. You oh, got so fire. much more strategy. You got like factions now. You got. Well, I'm up to the Patriots debut. And from that, from the first Schmodown, which was really just kind of seemed like it was slapped together at the last minute. I mean, you tell from that the Patriots debut from that first episode. I mean, 
I see the evolution right there. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm going to see it even further as I'm going. Yeah, it's it's changed tremendously and it will continue to change for sure. Um, you know, obviously, I am praying this everything going on right now doesn't change the fact that they're that they're going to continue moving forward with Skybound. Um because I know a lot of companies are making some huge changes as a result, you know, but I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they, their contract has with, with them is continuing obviously. And I expect that it will. Um, uh, but at the same time, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if they do more changes because I do, it is that uh, they're trying to make it much more sports focused, you know, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's, Ideally, they would love to be on ESPN. You know, we got, you know, editors, timers, you know, much more WWE aspect, obviously, with characters and plots and everything, the draft. Um, but I I think that we get all the added pressure we need in those few moments, like from the music that's added. <laughs> God bless Eric and everything he does, everything he's he's made. He's like the real MVP behind Schmodown and everything. When Nerd Chronic, you know, I mean, He's the one that made my husband a Schmodown fan because it's because of his promos. What he Lucas was actually walking past uh, me watching. Uh, I think it was like the Kalinowski uh, Smets match. He was like walking by, like eating his dinner, uh, while I was like watching the promo. And he was like, "Wait, what you watching?" And I was like, <laughs> "A promo for a Schmodown match." And he's like, "Before that, he's like seen matches, but he didn't really care about them." And he's like, "This is a Schmodown match." What? Huh? Huh? <laughs> and, he, and he was like, and he came over and he's like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch this episode with you. And after that, he's been hooked. So, mm. and after that, and he's like, yeah, I guess I can go too. And he's like, <laughs> and at that time, I actually, I bought like tickets to a live event. It was, I think it was a New York live event. And he's like, hey, is that a Schmodown match going to be in New York? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, um, uh, I should definitely go with you to this left bet. <laughs> and now he's a massive fan. He is like, a, he's seen more Schmodown than I have. So, mm. and he's more and, involved in the community than I have, I feel like sometimes. And my girlfriend has been two years now we're, uh, we're together. It's a slow burn. At first, she's like, yeah, this is yeah. not for me. And then uh, Janine appeared and she's like, I like her. And every Janine match, she's always watched. I'm like, you yeah. watch Schmodown. She's like, yeah, it's Janine. She's like, okay, I'm here. You know? Yeah, sometimes so it, it takes that game, it, that one competitor, that personality yeah. that really makes a click for you. Exactly. So. Uh, what was yours for both of you? Roca. Roca. Mm-hmm. Mine was when Christian was talking about the draft. That's what intrigued me. And it's like, okay, so I'll, I'll pay attention and I'll see what's going on. Were you a fan and, of uh, Schmo's No and everything pri- without Schmodown then? Uh, I caught bits and pieces of it. I never actually watched the old school stuff. Okay. I didn't know about it. First off, I didn't know about it. I'd never heard about it. Uh, John's actually the one that turned me on to Collider. Uh, oh. They were talking about Schmodown on Collider, and it's like, oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, I just, you know, I've, so I heard bits and pieces. And then uh, I didn't realize Schnepp was on the old school stuff. Oh, yeah, heroes. I want to watch some of that. And uh, because I'm actually, I've listened to a couple of Schnepp matches, and I wish to God I would have been paying attention then. But 
the draft is kind of like finally was the kick the door open moment for me. Mm. And I just, I ran with it. If you know what, if I'm going to start, cause I'm one of them people that if, if I'm going to pay attention to something, I want to start from the very beginning That's fair. and understand everything. So like for supernatural, uh, they were in like season 12 mm. when I decided to finally break down and watch it. It's like, okay, Netflix has everything up to this current point. So to hell with it. I'm watching all of it. <laughs> uh, that's commitment so. because we're not talking about four or five seasons here. We're talking about 12 seasons. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I That's also very impressive. I know Lucas, he did something very, very similar. He, um, he binge watched every season of Schmoed out in a matter of three months, I want to say. Damn. Yeah, see, so I know that's over 300. That's almost uh, three or 400 episodes, I want to say, um, up in, including now. And he did it, um, and he did it right after the New York event last fall. And he wanted to do it uh, to prep for another live event later in the year in November. Um, it wasn't the award show, it was in the draft. Um, it was spectacular. So he wanted to binge watch everything before spectacular in November. And he did it. It was like a whole thing. He would update everyone on Sen. Hey, I'm on this season, this episode. And Christian would be like, Hey, Lucas, which episode do you want? Tell me what you think. <laughs> it would be really, it would be really funny. And so, and he's like, well, this is my update. This is where I am. So yeah, that's basically cool. what I've been doing to Christian. Like, uh, there was a question that I listened to uh, last night. It was about which um, Avenger in uh, Age of Ultron was killed off in the movie. And obviously um, the answer is Quicksilver. But I went, I, I sent out a tweet just asking, basically saying, hey, I would have challenged this because technically Quicksilver was never an Avenger. He was never inducted into the ranks where Scarlet Witch was technically inducted into the ranks because of what um, Hawkeye uh, But Quicksilver never really was inducted in. He's just an honorary member. I, so, I, think, I think he is, I mean, just as much as uh, Scarlet. I mean, it is arguable, sure, but uh, the, uh, the technicality, the, the in a categorical sense it is very arguable for sure but the meaning behind the question remains the answer uh the answer stays the same regardless yeah. of the meaning of question the answer is i mean the answer is uh quicksilver who in uh who dies <laughs> of yeah. the main cast dies in age of ultron <laughs> that's that's a question and which avenger so i mean like See, that would have been where yeah. i would have thrown a challenge and then like and I would have argued that. I mean, sure, I probably would have lost, but yeah. that that would have been a moment in my mind. Is like, yeah, that's getting challenged because technically he's not an Avenger; he's just there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's very arguable. I mean, I feel like that's one of the biggest uh, things you can, the biggest uh, skills you can have as a as a as a competitor, as a potential competitor. It's the ability to recognize challenges like that and you have to be able to recognize what is considered a legit challenge versus a not not mm. legit challenge and what is uh, able you're able to risk because if something pops up later you're screwed 
Mm -hmm. You know, even if it is a completely wrong thing, you can't challenge it. So I'm, I'm curious, Alex, who do you, in your opinion, is the greatest strategist when it comes to challenge so far we've seen? Um, I feel like it would have to be a tie, honestly, between Oyama and Bateman. Um, mm. I would have to say Merle is pretty high up there as well. Um, Merle, he's he's he uh, when he started out in Schmodown in particular, he was such a a force of nature of knowledge when it came to movies. Um, but he also was very vocally, he was a very casual movie. He's a very casual movie fan and he didn't actively, he didn't study with like note cards and binders and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to get down like taglines and all that good stuff, you know, it, but now he is, you know, because mm -hmm. Shimoto, it's a very different game. And obviously. he's scarier now. <laughs> he's scarier, but I mean, oh. the, the range of competitors, I mean, if you put, for example, if you put Andrew Guy, current uh, Andrew Guy, in like season, just two seasons ago, he would have been hands down a champion. Like three, yeah, two, three seasons, like a hands down champion. Janine would have been a champion. It's just the way it is. Um, but I mean, the the competition between all the competitors, all if you're going into Schmodown, you have to have a certain level of gameplay and strategy knowledge under your belt. You can't be a casual fan going into it and being like, yeah, I some movie knowledge i know who amy adams is and you know and hathaway yeah. and you know robert de niro i've seen a few de niro movies like what good <laughs> you, luck you, to you <laughs> you can't you can't be that competitor anymore that's why some uh but that's why uh brett sheridan which i'm very surprised that he's able to play honestly but, well, but obviously for him it's more personality than anything yeah he's a he's one match in and you know he's undefeated yeah it's, yeah <laughs> If you say dude. so, Alex. If you say so. Oh no, I don't consider anyone undefeated unless they've. Uh, even if you're like two and zero, I don't consider you like I wouldn't call you an undefeated competitor unless you're three and zero at least minimum, because mm. at least at that time we can really give get our better analysis of you as a competitor. Um, but sometimes people get lucky, and I feel like Brett got lucky in his first match. He got lucky, and we all know he's not going to go for a title shot. He's yeah. a bit of the Makuga. Even Makuga, I would I would love to see a Makuga versus a Sheridan Makuga's uh, so much better than him. Yeah, it'd it still be a guessing game. Like, Makuga, he's, he guesses more, more than half of the time, so you never know what can happen. And if he gets but, horror, you're screwed. <laughs> if we if we get Makuga and Sheridan together, it's got to be Makuga versus the Forked Flouse. That's never gonna happen unless it's like <laughs> I know I say that out of love just because I cannot imagine how it, difficult it would be <laughs> to do editing wise. Um, well, no, and I'm just saying Brett. that because Makuka hates the Flouse. I know. And, and I, I'll be honest, I'm on the same page. I don't like that character. I've never liked him. No, I don't like I don't like Sir Fort and Flouse either. But I still think it would be funny. It's fine. It's fine. I I feel like they have better characters. But I mean, you can't deny Sir Fort and Flouse definitely has a has a following. If Christian ever plays, yeah, he uh, If Christian ever plays again, he's got to play as Professor Crow. I, I I'm not a fan of Professor Crow either, to be honest. Oh, but, that's, but that's just me. I mean, that's totally fine. I you know that's just me. I get it. I prefer, if anything, um, uh, what's his name from Anaconda significantly yeah. better. Oh, yeah. that 
John Bite, yes, thank you. I kept thinking, I was like, what's his face from Deliverance? What's his name? <laughs> uh, but I love him so much more. I think it's so much more funny. I remember the first time uh, I've seen the the John Voight character. It was also the beginning of them doing characters. I haven't watched like SCN in two weeks, and I came to that episode and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why is he in character? But the more I saw him do John Voight, the more I can imagine it in my head. Uh, usually, when you do like these scenarios, it's funny, but he's the only one like an image pops in my head or a video in my head, and yeah. it's just perfect. I think we're crushing Weston's soul. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because... that, I totally respect that, my dude. <laughs> I, I love that you love him. I love that we're getting, you know, variety of characters. He's just not my first. He's not my favorite. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> All good. Don't matter. Um. Now, again, this is to, to both of you. Uh, I, want, I want to see a newbie's perspective as much as someone who's a hardcore fan. What is your dream match? Something we haven't seen yet. Who are you talking to? Uh, both of you. I have to think on that one for a minute. Um, a dream match. Um, exhibition match. I really want to see a musical exhibition match. Mm. I want to see it between Rachel Silvestrini, Roca, and Draco, mm. and maybe a Brienne Chandler, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I know they've been rallying to get one. Andreco, he is a serious force uh, when it comes to all things musical. He's fantastic. Um, but also um, hosting it would be, I would have to say, at least Bibbs have to be, would have to be one of the commentators. Because, you know, his musical background, obviously. Um, but that, But outside just like a regular match, I would have to say probably another smets kalinowski i would love to see that mm. that's me me would be a team up of uh, uh teams uh, match and i know they can do it uh they've proven both one in fan leagues one in the exhibition smets and parker versus the founding fathers in a in a singles uh, uh teams match in a traditional teams match outside Trad of ig because Parker has done matches uh, on like non inner geekdom yeah. uh, in the fan leagues and still hasn't lost ever. He's uh, okay. And 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 Smets uh, and Smets has been killing in the exhibition. So I see them teaming up and going against uh, Dan Murrow and John Roca. Hell, just for an exhibition. But I would love to see what they would bring against them. My, you don't see sure. All right. <laughs> I respect that suggestion. <laughs> huh? I don't agree, but I respect that suggestion for sure. All right. Yeah. My dream match, unfortunately, it can't happen because Snap's gone. But uh, it would have been Snap versus Koi. Snap would have won hands down, though. <laughs> I say that out of love. Koi can't play. He's like zero and three or four. He's like it's rough. <laughs> yeah, he's good with people, not not trivia. Yeah, he's even said he's like I can't play. I mean, he he forgot sent what Central City was. Mm. So yeah, that's yeah, wow. and he's, yeah for the Flash. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a whole thing. He even like he it was like a whole thing for a bit. Yeah, the yeah. dude. Felt, I felt so bad for him because he know you know he knows, mm -hmm. but brain fart under the lights. So it's real. 
one that's possible, but it's nobody that's active in Schmodown right now, is me versus Larry. That's that's my dream match, <laughs> just because I want to be in a match. <laughs> is Larry good at movie? I don't know. I've never met Larry. Larry's in Pennsylvania, but we go at it all the time on CN Live. I love Larry. Larry's one of my fr- is, a, is a good friend of mine. He's really wonderful. Both him and Lindsay, they're fantastic. I love them. They're my favorite people. Um, uh, I was like, I don't know if he's like a real big, like, uh, I haven't really seen him or I mean, I heard him talk about ever wanting to competing. So I'd be cur- curious. Are, wait, are you talking about Larry Lease? Yes. Or Larry Payne? <gasps> oh, Larry Lease. I'm thinking about a completely different Larry. I'm so sorry. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Larry uh, is my new man. <laughs> I can see uh, that. reference, right? Yes, and I hate Seinfeld, but I got I know that reference. <laughs> well, if you ever want to have a little match, I'd be more than happy to write questions for y'all. Just saying. Just saying. There you go, Larry. Gauntlet's thrown. I know you're in the chat. Mm-hmm. Wait for a response. I don't think he's going to respond. <laughs> um, do you guys have, uh, have you guys heard about, heard the discussions on, you know, Man of Steel, a potential Man of Steel too? I just heard there might be, yeah, the sequel, but I've, I've been so busy with uh, the pregnancy and trying to set up the room and. Dude, uh, you got to get your priorities in gear because that is like some <laughs> shitty <laughs> excuse. I I mean, like, you should really be ashamed of yourself. I mean, prioritizing the birth of your child in a few weeks. And taking care of a pregnant woman? How dare I? You're all so lame. (laughs) Getting water 90 times a day and and, and moving her everywhere. How dare I put my girlfriend So here's Larry's response. I, I thought you were cool, you know, but I don't know if I can be with share the screen with someone that's you know has their priorities like that just the fact that you <laughs> thought i was cool is good enough for me alex <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah so since you apparently are uh less busy with pregnant pregnant people could you fill us in uh what happened with uh, the news oh um nothing too much i mean there's just a uh, let me see if i can find it again because i heard there was like some news about like uh some heavier rumors talking about how man of steel 2 could happen just because especially in the past you know several months you know after you know the impact of um justice league uh, being bought and being re-edited and post-production is going to be changed up significantly they're adding almost up to 50 million dollars to really kind of go into the re-edits because uh zach snyder before james uh but not james uh before joss whedon came aboard um he filmed like almost six hours of footage unedited footage and so the potential is crazy. So there, there is the idea that you know they they're gonna make it into a mini series where they're gonna do like, um, like uh, an hour a week, you know, like a mini series, uh, pretty much. Or alternatively, it could be like a part one, part two mm-hmm. situation, you know. And it would be like a good five and a half hour whole epic. So where they really kind of go into each of the you know Justice League members and everything, which would be really cool. Um, but, you know, because of the popular and really great response to that, you know, some people are talking about, you know, how much we really miss 
Henry Cavill, obviously, as Superman, because he is this generation's, you know, Superman. And, you know, regardless of how you feel about Christopher Reeves and everything, you know, obviously being, uh, you know, an amazing Superman, uh, he's not our generation's Superman, you know? Mm. So, uh, and people, that movie is definitely has gained a real following, you know, critically, especially critically speaking, um, over the past few years. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to really, something's going to happen here very soon. However, the, uh, so his, I can't remember who it was, I think it was uh, some, it was like some kind of DC executive person said that he has signed on to do, uh, Henry Cavill has signed on to do several more films as Superman, but he's going to be no more than a cameo role, which kind of hurts my heart. Yeah, that, he doesn't deserve the Hulk treatment. He really don't. And honestly, my thoughts on the whole Justice League bit is yeah. I'm wondering if everything that they're going to shoot, because remember, Justice League was supposed to be a parts one and two. Yeah. So I'm wondering if everything you're going to shoot, I wonder if most of what's in Justice League, barring the obvious Whedon stuff, mm -hmm. the obvious Whedon stuff, I wonder, gets cut. And then all the Snyder stuff gets put in its place to it make is. for what it was. That's, not, that's already everything. been confirmed. It is. And then everything else after that becomes part two. Um, I don't Because I, I, um, I know they. when I say they, when Joss Whedon came aboard, they changed the entire tone of the movie. They added much more comedy scenes. They reshot a lot of episodes. I mean, episodes of the scenes and everything. But yeah. they added an entire villain <laughs> you know um so it's to say they changed it up i mean they even changed the composer they hmm. changed it they went from like I th it wasn't tyler bates it was the guy that did wonder woman um junkie i can't remember XL, isn't it i um may yeah maybe it's junkie xl i wouldn't be surprised uh he did bvs um, but he, but apparently they changed it to Danny Elfman because Danny Elfman had a very different approach where they could emphasize a lot more of the co comedic aspects of Justice League because they thought that would be a lot easier to handle, especially coming off hot off of, you know, um, uh, you know, Deadpool and everything. And, you know, Man of Steel didn't do well. And it's, you know, that and BBS is very, it's much more serious toned. And they were like, Justice League, we're already investing like 200 million and something dollars, not even cutting marketing. So we should probably be safer and make it funnier <laughs> and much more appealing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they've uh, very vocally have come forward saying that this is going to be the true version of Zack Snyder. No, no Danny Elfman music. They're going to bring all that junkie XL music back they're gonna get rid of all those scenes that they had with jo that Joss Whedon directed and they're gonna put everything back and there's gonna be a lot more emphasis on the villain as well and not only uh Steppenwolf but also Darkseid and I I really hope it works because if they're doing a Man of Steel 2 I hope it continues from the uh, Jack Snyder's version of uh, his take, right? Because I have a feeling that Superman's more involved in Justice League in his version. So well, if he do black suit too, wasn't he? I'm sorry. Wasn't he supposed to have the black suit? No, not in this one. No, oh, he, was he was he was he was teased to wear the black suit at some point, um, but he wasn't. From what I remember, that that was like in some deleted scenes with the uh, Zack mm -hmm. Snyder's. 
that was released right. later on. I do know as well that um, this, like I mentioned, it's going to be like his entire version of it. So they're Joss Whedon's like not all too excited, <laughs> obviously. Um, so I am kind of curious, you know, when, you know, reviews and everything come out, you know, how that's going to really play out. If there's going to be this Zack Snyder versus Joss Whedon situation, you know. Now, while we're talking comic book movies, I've read something earlier today. Um, James Gunn came out and made a statement uh, saying that, one, he never wants to do an Avengers film. Yeah. Two, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will probably be his final one for the mm -hmm. franchise. Hmm. Do you yeah. think that pretty much is him signaling to Disney, one, screw you for screwing me, and two, I like what I'm doing at DC, and I'm going to stay there, and I'm going to make comic book movies there? No. 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 I don't think so. No, I don't see that, that at all. Um, I I personally feel like uh, he was actually given a good deal, considering. Um, uh, honestly. But James Gunn, uh, with that whole situation that happened, he got a good situation coming out of it. I, I honestly feel like Disney knew what they were coming into when they hired him. Mm -hmm. They knew his social media history because he already at that point, he, it was years before the whole like those like a lot of all of those messages and tweets and everything that sent out before those were released years ago. And it was already acknowledged in its contract. It was discussed. And he also James Gunn publicly apologized before that years before he joined on to do uh, do Guardians of the Galaxy. And so when they finally came, it was like almost like re-released, acknowledged again. Disney had to like, uh, like um, I don't want to say pretend to be surprised, but they had to do like a something formally say mm -hmm. it. So they pretty much said, "Hey, you can do whatever movies you want, but keep in mind, you're we do have this contract for you to do this movie, and you know, but in the meantime, we know you were we put you in this really awful situation, and it looks really bad for you. We know that, so you can do whatever project you want." And so he, I mean, like doing Suicide Squad too. That's a great pick though. I mean, got to hand it to him. But, you know, it's, and but he is coming back to, you know, work again with um, doing Guardians of Galaxy Volume 3. And because, no, it's very difficult to do an Avengers movie. No one is ever happy unless you're the Russo brothers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We we shit on everyone that directs an Avengers movie. If you're a, unless you're the Russo brothers, essentially as fans, you know. See, I think we did it pretty good at the first Avengers. Yeah, that's true. But he was attacked by a lot of fans. Though. He hasn't had success since Avengers, though. Joss Whedon. True. Film wise, I mean, true. like, what other movies has he done since? And we can't count his success with uh justice league because that arguably wasn't even him <laughs> so yeah it's him patching up um no so again james gunn is not doing this it's not like a f you to disney if anything i think again he's getting really really big projects and he's mm. taking advantage and i do not blame him for wanting to step away from the very being involved with MCU in general, especially as a filmmaker, that you are a lot of that creative control is taken away from you, especially as a director. And for a director like him that 
needs that creative control. He's like, hey, I can take control of a lot of these other projects, you know? So why would I want to do that? But if it's creative control you're going after, why go DC? Because they have a history of just because up things. I know if you look at a lot of the newer stuff, if you look at Joker, Todd Phillips is almost mm. entirely him. They're going in a completely new direction. And DC, they have a um, sure they have a history of a lot of horrible movies, um, you know, arguably a lot of horrible movies, but they have completely new, new studio heads involved that are giving their filmmakers mm. a lot more creative control. That's why we got Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Joker the way that we did, because mm. at that point they were transitioning different studio heads to allow them a lot more creative control with their characters mm. versus MCU. They're allowed no, very little to no creative control. So well, a lot of that's Feige or yeah, exactly. You, yeah, if you're that, going into those movies, you know what well, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, he, Feige's already got the map laid out for where it's like, okay, here's your start point. This is where we need to be by the end of your film, so that way we can take that road to the big bad for whatever. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, for uh, for us, it was Thanos. Now, whatever it's going to be next. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how you get bigger than Thanos, but oh, you can get bigger than Thanos. Yeah. Galaga, or is it Galactica or Galaga? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if you start Galactus, going cosmic, Galactus, you're, thank going, you. you're going to be going cosmic, so yeah, 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 with the immortals and everything, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like that's the first thing when I heard they bought Disney's, like, yes, we can finally have not a a bad version of Galactus, we can do him justice because he's he's an impressive character, he's as Ooh. big as the planet. Yeah, I would love if to you get that visually, oh, huh. I love to see when you're talking Galactus. I would love to see Silver Surfer back. Oh yeah. Oh, I think we will. I feel like it's a matter of time. I I give it maybe five years before we see see uh, Silver Surfer on screen again, and maybe Doug Jones will come back. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, also, um, yeah, Apocalypse. I just remembered Apocalypse from X Men. <laughs> Hey, is uh, does someone have like a tab open or something? I could hear what? like beeps or something going on in the background. I seem to be. Yeah. Let's close some things here. I it's like, I just hear like a beep coming up from someone. I know it's not me. Could be uh, one of my smoke alarms in my house that I gotta change. Oh, it's it sounds like a tab, like uh, someone's getting notifications from a tab or something. Oh, I got nothing. Uh... Oh. Nothing on my end, and my cell phone's closed. So weird. Don't know. Yeah, I don't have anything that's doing notifications. Oh, that's weird. Oh, anyway, but <laughs> oh well. <laughs> it's all good. Um, where was he at? Uh, so yes, uh, the, the the next big bag. Well, I would love to see a Silver Surfer, but again, like. Do you make him the main character, or do you do him like what they did with Black Widow and and other characters? They like they shoo them in into another main character's movie. How would you how would you like to see Silver Surfer portrayed? I like how they did it with Fantastic Four Rises Silver Surfer. I wasn't, I mean, I poo on that movie a lot. But at the same time, I like what they were going for with him. Mm. I feel that could work with the way that the MCU is currently laid out. I mean, obviously, I don't know what they're going to do cosmically because, one, we've not seen it yet. X-Men are coming. We know that. 
Fantastic Four is going to come sooner or later. We know that because mm-hmm. they're the first family of Marvel. They have to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just basically, I guess it, it's, I think it's too soon to say how you would like to see it laid out for him. Either be a primary or a secondary at the moment or a secondary that garners into a primary because we haven't seen that side of Marvel yet. We've gotten a taste of it with Guardians and with Thanos, but not full on yet, if that make, if I'm making sense saying it that way. For, for uh-huh. me, you introduce him in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. You you stay cosmic, you, so you bring in a cosmic uh, into a cosmic movie. Yeah, um, I would love to see uh, more focus on villains, ideally. That's something okay. definitely the DC movies have really have a really good hold over Marvel and just the MCU uh, in general, because MCU, in spite of not having the more iconic villains, they have some really awesome villains that really have, we have not focused on, you know, because, you know, obviously we've been focusing on the growth of the individual, you know, heroes with the Avengers and everything. And, you know, we've got like, you know, Black Panther, we have, you know, Black Widow and everything, and they're all fantastic. But at the same time, um, we we still have yet to see, aside from Thanos, obviously, and arguably Loki, but I don't feel like he's a villain anymore, but whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But, that um, but dead anyhow. Yeah, um, but I feel like we haven't really had a solid, you know, really great movie that focuses on a villain all that much. Um, uh, and, you know, maybe, and I know there was like, uh, I know Larry in the chat said, I would love to see Nolan take on a take on the DC universe. And I have to say to you, he has, it's called the dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> um, but we've seen that. Um, I don't think he would ever come back to comic book movies. That'd be interesting, but I feel like he already. Not, in, he to do. Not in a universe type thing. Standalone. Maybe. I, but- I don't think he would ever want to hmm. be in a connected universe like that just because he, he like James Gunn Nolan is one of those directors he's very vocal about how much creative creative control he wants when making hmm. those movies he's like yeah I can shop around I don't need to work with you as a studio you know I you yeah. don't need me uh you need me I don't need you there's no one else that's like me director wise he is a household name and True. he guarantees money um, no matter what he does, <laughs> tenet, I, I mean, tenet included. And especially, so, especially in the day and age of this is a time of actors, uh, directors rarely stand out, right? So, if you can, a- you're able to stand out as a director, you have a lot yeah. of leeway. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Directors now, it's very difficult to really stand out as a director. There's very few name, uh, like. I don't want to say name brand directors. That sounds weird. But I mean, like very well-known actors. I mean, not actors, but directors that have a very specific style. I think James Gunn is definitely one of those directors that really come into it. I don't think the Russo brothers have had, I think uh, as as amazing as Russo brothers are, I feel like that he, as far as like recognition goes when it comes to style, I feel like James Gunn is actually a little bit higher because mm-hmm. no matter what movie you're watching of James Gunn, you see it and you're like 100% James Gunn. Yeah. Russo brothers, you don't get that. It's almost like a Coen brothers movie. You're like any of his, Co- any of the Coen brothers movies, you're like 100% Coen brothers. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Same with Nolan. Nolan, you know what you're going to get. You're never going to get uh, a, a rom-com, like a soft, 
like a like a soft coming of age sports movie. Although I would love to see that. Hey, but, you never know, but yeah, no. He he likes that intensity. He likes that very specific aesthetic that challenges him. And he's not going to get that through traditional means. So he's he likes something that he can make on his own 100%. Mm. Sorry, I got distracted here. Uh, Superman's trending. Uh, so I wanted to see if something, because we were just talking about it. It's just the same thing saying about WB dragging their feet on Man of Steel, too. Well, I got. I got a question since we are re-talking with Superman. Who do you put as a villain if ever you do Man of Steel 2? Brainiac. Mm. Brainiac would be pretty cool. I, I, yeah, I think it's a logical choice, right? I mean, he has um, God, so he wants to go with Brainiac. Um, Brainiac would be pretty solid. Um, I would love to see some smaller, weirder, like a smaller, weirder superhero. No. Mr. Um, about, um, his um, Hank Henshaw. I don't Ultra, know that is. is. Ultraman, um, that's his alter ego. Uh, he's the villain so version. Yeah, he's a super villain. Uh, super villain. That's um, he was like he was also very much a, an enemy in the in being in Green Lantern, essentially. Mm-hmm. But he's almost like this metal skeleton dude that, oh. puts, that, put, that puts on that puts on the face of Superman every once in a while, um, or really have like a real what was it um i can't remember what it's called but it pretty much it's batman the batman that you can't batman wouldn't be batman if he didn't plan for all situations right so what if superman or wonder woman suddenly went evil with all their powers they have all the potential to completely wreck the world (laughs) right Um, that it could destroy planets. Absolutely. Um, Batman knows this and acknowledges this and actively on the DL has been like, would keep tabs on like how he could kill him if absolutely necessary. And so what if someone got a hold of those plans? So, Mm. (laughs) so we, if we have like a, almost like a weird evil version of Batman. And what about you, Hoto? Oh, uh, I just had a thought, and I'm gonna pull Jay Wade and say that I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you put as a villain, but I would love to see almost Superboy as a villain, uh, knowing that he got cloned and he has to to, to face to face with his clone, right, and fight him. Uh, I don't know if it'd be the main villain if it would evolve with another story, but do something non traditional. Don't just put a bad guy to put a bad guy. Uh, make it advance a plot line uh, for a certain, like a, a reason, right? Not just, you know, stick him in and, you know, I'm the bad guy. I want to destroy the world because I want to destroy the world. You know, we've seen that so many times. So I want them to innovate on uh, what we see as a bad guy. Yeah, um, I can see that. It's, it's so essentially, it sounds like you really want to see almost like an anti hero. Right. Yeah, but like, like, a, like a, maybe a smaller story, anti-hero story. Yeah. Okay. Something less grandiose. You uh, know? Awesome. Maybe like with Solomon Grundy or something. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that'd be cool. And you can tie in a little bit of Batman through that. I mean, True. I was thinking Bizarro. The when I was saying oh. Ego mm. or Superman, Mongol. I, I was thinking Bizarro. Or uh, what's his name? 
the one who uh, never dies. He's been there since the uh, beginning of humanity. He was uh, big on the CW shows. Uh, Martian Manhunter? No, no, no. He's a white dude with a big beard, long hair. Oh. In the C- uh, he was a ma- one of the main villains of, I think, Arrow and also Legends of Tomorrow. Vanda Savage? Yes. Weston and I said it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't recognize that. Oh, you don't know if I don't, he's uh yeah he's interesting because he does not necessarily have um superpowers but he's been there since the dawn of man so he's he's seen it all he's lived it all and he has this wisdom and this evilness that combines together that would kind of be a good replacement for Lex Luthor because talk about you know villains that we've seen too often we talk about Joker Lex Luthor has been portrayed way too many times and so bring a Lex Luthorish type but with a different angle, which would be perfect Vandal Savage. And little known fact, Dean Kane's character in um, Smallville was finally confirmed by Legends of Tomorrow here. I think it was in the finale this season uh, to actually right. be Vandal Savage, just under a different alias. Hmm, cool. So, because yeah. they wanted to use Vandal Savage in Smallville, but then DC went and pulled a classic DC and... Uh, Turned around and said, "No, we can't use them because we have plans for him." Hmm. So they had to change the name. <laughs> I could see that. That's a pretty DC move. <laughs> Which I never quite understood that because I mean, I get that you have plans for well, it. Because you have the Flash, like case of point, you have the Flash show, and now you're yeah. supposed to have the Flash movie whenever, yes. if ever, it's going to get off the ground, especially after what. Uh, it's very, here a couple months ago. It's very different um, uh, for the, depending on the mediums. Obviously, uh, you like. Um, do you remember like a few years ago when in like a, in the same month, like No Strings Attached and uh, that other that No Strings Attached and it was a that movie with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Can't remember what it's called, but. Um, I anyway, okay, okay. Well, there's another one. Okay, so Mirror Mirror and the other one where Kristen Stewart she plays Snow White essentially. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Those movies came out a month apart. Mm. Okay, so same characters essentially, very different genres and everything, but at the same time, they're both fairy tales. It's bit, they're both based off the same characters, right? So if they come out too soon, it's one thing if they come out like a year apart or even six months apart, but if they come in like too close to each other and they even look remotely similar, it really can get iffy legal-wise. Um, and so I definitely understand also, but I mean, if if uh, you have bigger plans as uh, as a, for a company to work with this villain, you wouldn't want to start comparing him to this mm. other, if you have like really big plans for the DCEU to incorporate these awesome kick-ass villains only to like see him in like a really shitty version on TV, like only a few weeks or months earlier. It's almost like, why would you want to get excited? Like you wouldn't probably wouldn't get as excited versus like the big reveal, you know? Well, at the same time, they kind of did that with uh, Cyborg in. Uh, sorry, but that Cyborg in uh, Doom Patrol, right? He was in Justice League, and then he was in Doom Patrol. Uh, and look so- how that worked out. They had a movie, and suddenly they didn't. Yeah, Joe. 
And I also, Supergirl is not super popular. It does have a cult following. It's not very popular, though. One DC character that absolutely needs a movie is Static Shock. <gasps> Ooh, Livewire. Yeah. Livewire, 100% needs a... Live... Isn't that a villain, though? She is totally a villain, yeah. Okay, okay, Flash, <laughs> right? Um, Batman, or Superman, I want to say. Not really. Okay. I think it's I don't know, it's DC villain. You know, they, they intertwine. Yeah, they really intertwine. Um I don't know if there's one I want to put per- I'll think about it. What about you? Is there a, a quintessential Elves and Live Wire, another quintessential uh, villain or hero you would like to see? <clears throat> Livewire is a Superman villain, premiered in March nineteen ninety seven in Superman Adventures number five. Right on, Alex, you're right. <laughs> Um, I would love to see that. I also really would love to see a really cool Mad Hatter on the big screen. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Um, Mad Hatter is one of those villains that's very underutilized. Um, he was great in Gotham. Whoever played I him, love him in Gotham was amazing. I, like, say, like, I know a lot of people that really hate Gotham, and I really enjoy Gotham because it knows what it is, and they really <laughs> camp it up, and I'm so here for it. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's like, how many references can we squeeze into a movie? Like, yeah. Pee Wee like, uh, Herman was uh, was uh, Cobble, Cobble Pot's dad who played Cobble, that played the Penguin's dad in <laughs> Batman. Perfect. You know, it's it's there's so many callbacks, so many Easter eggs, which I really enjoy. But I would love to see it. That but um, him and Gotham was really great interest because I didn't know who Mad Hatter was, and then I was like, oh, is that like a real villain or is it like original villain? Then I looked him up, and I was like, oh shit, this is like a villain that's kind of especially now with like mind control and corruption. You mm. can really talk. Oh my gosh, you can talk about oh the there's so many routes you can take you can talk about you know political intrigue you can talk about uh a bazillion and one things honestly you can take a lot of different directions is you know a a political thriller with mind control by matt hatter yes yes Mm. give me money dc just give me the money you add him in a team with uh, calendar man and clocking oh yeah because i and I know you uh, you've joked about it in the past too, but for me, you know, DC has weirder villains like we all know, but done correctly, Counterman and Clocking. Clocking is an OCD perfect timing. That's a superpower. He's never off being, you know. He can him and Calendar Man. Man. Calendar mm-hmm. Man. But they they would be they're a good uh, team up villain. I mean, Batman has a villain called Condiment Man. So yes. yeah, <laughs> Cal- Calendar Man's pretty fantastic. He's—I don't want to say he's beaten Batman, but at the same time, he's definitely got—he's—he's he's definitely got really close to close to him a few times. And uh, Batman—he's like he's visited him in prison, you know, a handful of times, trying to solve his puzzles and everything. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, n- no one else can understand this except obviously Riddler, because Riddler's probably behind it." But calendar man can't calendar man he he's low-key incredibly incredibly dangerous villain you know who we need as a villain in dc <laughs> uh just in a film eventually i don't care if it's a flash film or not we need trickster with mark hamill playing him you see, um, I'm okay. i've seen it on the show so that that's he plays it so well though 
I, I think that I love Mark Hamill. I that feel like that's Sebastian a little Stan. on the nose to me. That or it's Sebastian like, Stan. That, that's, I'm sorry? Sebastian Stan. Yeah. I mean, the, to me, again, it's just a little too on the nose. Um, I, I don't want to see Mark Hamill in a DC movie, like a movie movie, personally, DC movie or anything, just because it almost takes me out of the movie experience. Personally, it's like, I, um, like if I see Star Trek and if I see a Star Trek movie and I casually see Brad Pitt in the background, I'm going to be like, that's Brad Pitt. You know, I'm not going to be like, that's some extra. It's going to take me out of the, the what I'm seeing and be like, oh, oh. And if I see Mark Hamill as anyone, especially in DC, as anyone that's not the Joker, I'm just going to be like, you're not this character. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, I'm, I'm that moviegoer that I'm notorious for looking in the background. Like, because the camera's focused on the primary, yeah. obviously, but yeah. I'm always looking behind, especially in horror movies. Yeah, of course. And um, I'm trying to remember uh, the name of it, Ooh. but it, it was the one at the poster that had the little kid that was scraping her hand up against the wall, and it was like the bloody face of the villain. I can't remember what the name of it is. It was the one where the videos showed how people were dying. Oh, Sinister? Yes, that one. Uh, I got all the way to the hallway scene where the box is in the hallway. That movie is really yeah. solid. It's a really and solid original horror story. Horror movie. Yeah. I think it's a really original horror story, and I, I, I loved it for it. But at the same time, in the background, I was able to see some of the production team in the hallway. Like the boom mic and the production team running around setting up for the next scare. It's like, nope, I'm done. I, I can yeah. see you. I'm done. I'm out of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes that's appealing. Like if you're watching Evil Dead, that's kind of fun, you know, but it's a very different situation if you're in a movie where that's it's not meant to be like a horror comedy or something. Um, I do know someone in the chat, uh, Andrew Valdez, what yeah. a dude. Uh, he mentioned Zatanna. Oh my gosh, for Justly yeah. Dark. Yeah, like uh, Zatanna. And, and what's his uh what's his I name? The one with the, the golden helmet. Um that's connected. In, yeah. yeah. Like connect the universe, magic universe with Zatanna and see where it goes. But yeah, that would be the thing is would you go with the daughter or would you go with the father first? Daughter. Yeah, okay. I, I personally would just because I think we need more women in the world of DC, DCEU, um, actually on, need, on the big screen, especially. We need more women and we need more minority heroes. Yeah. Um, I would love to see, you know, um, I'm, um, I, yeah, the actress, I, I can't remember what, uh, what descent she is, but I've, I've seen her being cosplayed of, of Asian, of, of black, of, you know, being mixed and everything. You can mm. go in a lot of different directions. And I, you know, there she's, she's such a badass, cool character. And she's almost has this relationship that's kind of similar to um, Catwoman when it comes mm. to her relationship with Batman as well. So you can kind of go in that direction. They're kind of, it's not, it's sometimes there's romantic moments, but there's not, but thing is, you know, Satana never gets pregnant, you know? So, <laughs> um, I I would actually love to see a uh, a father daughter movie, 
uh, explore that relationship, having more focus on Zatanna, the daughter, but make them uh, be on screen together, right? Uh, and then super villain, father daughter. Uh, no, but he's not a super villain. I've always kind of pictured him kind of uh, villainous, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I I would love this like a, that relation together, but okay. Um, personally, I would before Zatanna though. I would love to see um, Swamp Thing get a, mm. a proper shot. The show was really great. Why did it get canceled? I never understood. It's coming back. It is coming back? HBO Now. That's the last I heard. Let me double check that, but as far as I know, it's coming it back. Don't false hopes, man. Don't it not was give- canceled before the show even hit DC, the, the, the DC app, which hurts my soul. Like uh, Three days before it went on, the, the first episode came up, it was canceled, which is sucks because it's really good swamp thing is coming to the cw after the dcu cancellation oh so wait it's so it's going to cw it's not the same show then they're redoing Uh, it it's going to be like a whole new thing all it's probably gonna be all new actors and stuff well, they, they kept uh, Constantine, right? It wasn't the same network. They kept uh, kept the actors, so you never know. But the feel won't be the same, though. That's this was I- May eleventh. This was just May eleventh of this year. Swamp Thing canceled. Oh, stupid pop ups! Go away. <laughs> uh, the internet. Swamp Thing canceled at DC Universe, coming to the CW. Uh, CW will continue. To add to its acquired series roster, fresh off adding the first two seasons of CBS All Access Anthology series, Tell Me a Story. Uh, Swamp Thing, starring Christopher Reed, or Crystal Reed, and based off the DC title, the same name, the second DC Hmm. Universe series. Oh, come on. I hate these pages that do this. You have to click on next for DC series to air on the CW joining star girl whose episodes will debut on the linear network the, a day after they launch on the streamer. So it sounded like it's the same series coming back for season two on CW. Hmm. Interesting. I, I hope they get the tone right. I really hope they get the tone right. They actually I did a good job transitioning Supergirl. So you never know though. I think it would fit better on HBO Max, though, because in HBO Max, you just kind of take it and run with it. Because mm. I always picture Swamp Thing to be more horror-themed, elemented. Of course. I mean, Green Lantern's getting on HBO Max. Why can't Swamp Thing? Uh, Swamp Thing is also, um, it's it's a very, um, a lot of people, kind of similar to Poison Ivy, where they're like besties, essentially. Well, not besties, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, where there's a, a lot of uh, environmental terrorism. There's that, you know, there's a lot of, um, it's very sexual as well. Um, but he, and, like, he pretty much like creates a fruit and makes whoever eats it. Anyway, but that, yeah. um, <laughs> um, which was weird. Um, but also it's, it's, like you said, it's very horror focused. And considering how much I enjoyed the 
the the fir- that first season. I know if they went to HBO, they would want to redo it completely. So they would want a whole new cast, whole new directors, reshot and everything. And so they can like do a very different adaptation. So um, I would love to see that version. I just kind of want to see both versions as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, in a perfect world. Um, I do know in the chat, like some people mentioned, you know, some, you know, I know Ben Rayner, he mentioned some people he would love to see as Jon Stewart for Green Lantern. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan, I think that would be a really great suggestion. Mahershala Ali, I know would never happen considering he's Blade and the MCU. I'm glad you can pronounce that name because there's no way in hell I could have. Mahershala? Yeah. Yeah, I've tried to pronounce that name so many times and I butcher it every time. <laughs> yeah, it takes a few times for sure. But uh, I know he was going to be, he's going to be in Blade when that comes up. So his he's like contractually obligated to say no to that if he, he were offered. Which is a genius move by Marvel. I like, I never thought of it, but when I saw. MCU, just to clarify, I, MCU. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's such a perfect fit. He has a seriousness. He looks like a badass, you know? For you Blade at, or for, uh, for, or for Blade? Oh, yeah. He he has that 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 persona, that vibe about him that he walks in a room and just like, yeah, that's a badass. So it fits Blade so well. He's also okay, so beautiful. We know who's, he's so we beautiful. Know oh. We know who's playing Blade, so who mm. plays Whisper? Say what? We know he's playing Blade, so who plays Whisper? Uh, the one that um the vampire dude. Yeah, the I can't remember who played him in the original Blade. Uh, yeah, oh. I know his name. I know his face, not what? his name. Oh wait, give yeah, me a hot minute. Jeff give me a hot Bridges. minute. It's not Jeff Bridges, is it? No, it's not um, Jeff Bridges. Um, give me a hot minute. Give me, give me like five seconds. It's been a long time since I watched the Blade movies. <clears throat> Okay, so it came out in 98, which is nuts. Okay, so Steven Dorff, he played Dinkin Frost, the yep. vampire. Um, and they wanted to pretty much harvest people, like um, harvest people for the blood, you know, like just the way we do animals. Um, so that would be pretty interesting. Chris Christopherson, that's who I'm thinking of. That's the actor I'm thinking of. He played. Can you bring, can you bring up a picture? Uh, yeah, give me one second here. Do, 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 do. Come on, right there. Oh, I'm thinking, okay, I thought of a dif- the different character altogether. Um, yeah, I can barely. Oh, yeah, he's not. I'll blow it up for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I see what you mean. Yeah. He played Whistler in the original set of movies. Now, I wonder who would take his role, being that we know we know who Blade is, who plays the Whistler role. Oh. Um, um. What's his name? Um Crap, I don't know, huh? Oh, uh, the guy is, for me, the guy who played was playing Deacon. Um, I'm gonna throw something out there. 
Yeah. I would have to say Kurt Russell. But he's the kind of the obvious choice, though, no? You know what? Kurt Russell's wonderful in everything. I, he is a gosh darn gem of a human being. How he's dare the Meryl, you? He's the Meryl Streep. How the Meryl- dare you? <laughs> <laughs> he is a wonderful. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true, Ben. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. Jeff Bridges for Whistler. Dude knows how to rock a bushy beard. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, if that's the only criteria, I'm uh, I'm ad- addition. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I love on on a man. I love me some facial hair. Um, uh, every time my husband he shaves, I'm like, oh, oh baby face. What is this? What is this? Uh, COVID <laughs> killed my girlfriend. I my beard yeah. was to here, oh, and then yeah. and then COVID happened, and I'm like, well, there's no barbers. I ain't gonna survive. I just shaved it off. Do you uh, sure do you like oil it or anything? Uh, yeah, I've been putting castor oil since I'm 17. Good. But I've been yeah, shaving since like, I'm like 12. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen some beards that are like, you know, they're pulling a Santa Claus situation, and that's that's fine and all. If you have a beard, you just got to know how to work it. You got to like, sometimes you got to put oil, sometimes you got to trim it down, you got to look, make it look good. Oh, even with oil, that's I guess it gets for me. <laughs> Everyone's different. It really is. Me, yeah, I sneeze and it pops out. It's ridiculous. Like I shave a day after, it's like already popping out. Like, ugh. my brother, he, uh, I remember, my I grow more, more facial hair than my brother. It's embarrassing. He <laughs> sometimes he would like go up to me and be like, Alex, hey, and I'm like, what? And he'll be like, I'm jealous, and I'm like, fuck you, Bill. Because <laughs> I would have, like, I have, I, like, I don't have a stash, but at the same time, I have more facial hair than my brother. <laughs> I. Well, they, yeah, but we're Asian, so it's like a whole thing. We have we can't grow facial hair in our family. It's like it's ridiculous. Uh, My brother is very distraught about it. He's very jealous. <laughs> I, I can give him some. It's, it's me. It's it goes out. Just like, like cut and paste it. Yeah, that's sure. How it works. That's how yeah. it works, right? Do you have like crazy glue? Just like put them on. Yeah, just stick it. Just like right there. Mine is so thick, so sometimes. Uh, it like will go through my shirt and start poking me and I can feel it and it actually hurts. It's like that thick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it can get intense sometimes depending on what kind of hair you have. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I, I've seen some uh, men with facial hair where it's like it's super duper soft and it's like very fine hair. Um, but other times it can be, it can come out really coarse, thick. It, you know, and not to mention, especially if you don't take care of it, it just mm. looks, it, it feels and looks like a very, you know, uh, staticky and everything. So you got to take care of it for sure. Cause it will, if you don't, it shows. Yeah. And that's, that's why I shaved it when COVID happened. Like, you know, my, my beard gets so wild and like, I can hide a bag of Cheetos, you know, it's, it got that bad. So yeah, I just, the same shave off and my girlfriend's getting used to it. It's the second time she saw, she saw me without beard, but the first time, she like stared at me for 10 minutes and asked who I was. <laughs> even you- my even my employees did not like one of them took three days to, um because I, I manage a couple people, right? Yeah. And it one person took three days not realizing I wasn't a new guy. I was actually his boss. <laughs> Have you seen the show The Great by chance? No. Nope. It just came out on Hulu. Yet. It has um Elle Fanning and um Nicholas Holt. 
Um, it's about it's it's a it's a fictional account of Catherine the the Great and her relationship with uh, with her Russian husband, uh, the Tsar, I guess if that's the term. Um, but essentially, there is there was, for a long time there was this law that no man under the age of fifty can have facial hair. Oh wow! Like it, like it's a law. And it was considered an, an archaic thing. Like if you have facial hair, it's, you're pro, you're like you're poor, you're old, you're from mm-hmm. like from the old country, old religion, you all that. It's a class thing. So if you're able to shave as regularly and safely as you are, it's considered like it's a classy thing. Mm-hmm. It's but uh, the, at the time he would be like he would be like if you if you are at a certain age, you are legally required to. Otherwise, you get like a finger cut off if you're caught situation Damn. it was, like, it was wow. like yeah it was like a whole thing he's trying to modernize the country through men's facial hair but <laughs> um in, okay there's this one episode that's actually dedicated to it which was kind of funny where one of the one of the really classy uh like uh higher up families uh the head of the family the patriarch he came in with a beard and he's like I am hoping I am an I am an excuse for to the rule because I am giving you so much money and you need me right now. So let me keep my fucking beard because I look better with a beard. But also I haven't been without a beard in like 30 years and the man is like 40 years old. I'm not I'm not going without a beard. That's the way it is. But so and it's like a whole thing. And he's like, what? You're insulting me by wearing a beard in front of me. So you deserve to get your hands cut off or something. You you have to, or else you're going to be killed. You're going to be beheaded. He threatened to kill him because of his beard. And he's like, okay, you have like 10 hours to go shave it. And he's like, and he, but he said, uh, the reason why he has a beard, he started growing out a beard as quickly as he did is because he has really awful pustules and boils on his face and scars. And he has a young wife that's never seen him without a beard. And he's scared his wife will never love him if he shaves because she can see all of his pustules and everything. And it's like a whole plot thing throughout the story. (laughs) (laughs) Like the the conversation of the beard is like a consistent plot point throughout the whole movie because it's like like one of the old rules, like it's an old rule, but he's trying to make it new and edgy or something. It's so weird. It's so weird, but it's on Hulu. I liked it. Go check it out. All Sorry, right. Alex Rance. I apologize. No, that's good. What's the name of the show again? Or the movie? It's called The Great. It's a, okay. it's a, it's a show. It's like only six episodes. Okay. So. On what? Amazon or HBO? On Hulu. Hulu. Uh, which we don't have in Canada. Yay, yay to us. That's weird. <laughs> now, the, the whole system here in streaming is completely different than the U.S. Um, uh, Crave is HBO here. We have like um, HBO, Show, uh, Showtime, and um, the Movie do you, Network. Do you have a VPN? Nope. Do you have a v- any kind oh, of VPN? Oh, you mean uh, y- yeah, but Are you able to like, change countries temporarily or something? Yeah, but uh, in Canada, they're very strict about that. Uh, you oh. get you get caught like the the, the internet uh, providers are pretty quick to to notify you to stop. <laughs> That's weird. I I used to use that all the time. Um, well, Lucas and I were trying to move right now, and we were kind of looking at stuff like that. Where because we have a v, we have VPNs um, to you know kind of protect us, and. Uh, we would use it if we were trying to watch shows or something in other countries 
And, you know, every country is a little bit different versus like what content is available like on Netflix and Hulu and everything. And so it's, that's a little scary to me. <laughs> if I, yeah. I would be able to. <laughs> Canada, we're, we're, we're very chill with certain things. But when it comes to arts and, and yeah. copyrights and stuff, they're very strict. Like I got, I got actually my Netflix blocked because of VPN. I had to create a new account. And... Uh and i've been you know i've dabbled in torrents and everything and every time i download something the internet provider always sends an email you have been caught na, 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 na. you have been on the list this is your fifth uh, you know uh time we're warning you uh so the, they're very strict on it yeah i can see that wow. <laughs> eh. well we we got free medicare so i can't complain <laughs> 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 so while we're talking about streaming services and whatnot, are any of you uh in anime at all? Uh yeah. I'm I not know. yeah, I'm not into anime as much as I used to be, but I really enjoy anime, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Netflix on Friday just launched the first 130 episodes of One Piece. Oh, that I don't know. I haven't seen. So how many episodes are there then? Good lord. Close to a thousand and counting. Oh, good lord! See, see that discourages me. I'm not that person that's yeah. gonna like it, even if it's really good. Knowing there's a thousand episodes in front of me is kind of discouraging. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's, it's like going to Game of Thrones or something for the first time, knowing how big it is and how epic it is. It's almost it's very daunting. I'm like, why would I want to? Do it like I have. I've never seen Naruto, and but I think it's I have no desire to see Naruto just because of how many seasons are involved. And I feel like hmm. I, I, I would I say that it, if, if I if can't you, go into it casually, I don't want to go into it at all right yeah, now. I was especially. gonna say if you ever would dabble into Naruto, I would. I think it's the last four seasons of the original Naruto. Mm -hmm. Just cut them out. You don't need them. They're they're all filler. All last. The last four seasons of Naruto are just straight film. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I switched. No, that's good. This is like <laughs> well, in the meantime, hey, Jay Wade. Jay Wade! What a boy! I feel like I'm talking to him in ages. <laughs> yeah, hey, Jay. Sorry, I, I had it on banners, not comments, so I didn't see you there. <laughs> Uh, and ben says that people keep saying that about Supernatural, but with 14 seasons, yeah. it be too overwhelming. See, I say different. Supernatural is a fun binge, in my opinion. The first, I would say, five episodes of season one are bare to get through, but when we really start getting into the swing of things, it, yeah. it gets fun real quick. The first five seasons go by just like that. And yeah. it's that, that's how I felt about Buffy. It took me the first season was like uh, because my ex was really big into Buffy. I've never seen it before, so the first season I was like a bit dragging. But when I got into it, I like binged the whole thing. That and Doctor Who, uh, pretty much at the same time too. Uh, binge both series in like in a month and a half. Yeah, I I totally I totally get it. Um, 
also, I think it just, it just depends on the type of content it is. Mm. Uh, what's the difference between something like Supernatural is that even though it is in a fantasy world, it's a very lighthearted, very campy, very funny, you know, show, you know, versus going into a show that's really dark. If you're going to go into something like Game of Thrones, like I mentioned earlier, where there's a lot of dark themes, there's a lot of darkness, you know, throughout, that's a whole other situation. If like, I don't know if I would want to go into some of those shows knowing how intense it could be mm. um especially right now you know so yeah. if anything I, I need a little more escapism i don't want more dark in my life <laughs> yeah no. uh another thing that was added uh funimation adds the english dub of the promised neverland uh as far as i know there's only one season of that right now so that one, if you don't want something dark, I would say don't watch that one yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe when we kind of figure when things get a little bit better politically and with, with the world going on right now, it's just, again, it's just so dark going on in the world. Like I probably won't, won't actively be watching something dark like that for a long while. Like I don't want to go watch like... What, like it's like I don't want to watch like really awful dramas like right now. I don't want to watch Kramer versus Kramer or uh, Saving Private Ryan right now. What I need, if anything, is Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Okay, mm. I dogma. Dogma. Oh. I need something more <laughs> said as Jesus, as God. I mean, oh. you know, that's that's what I need right now. Or we need Eddie Murphy to come back on stage, uh, stand up comedy. We need something. Like you said, the laugh, right? You know who we really need? We need two people, and unfortunately, they're both off the planet, unfortunately. We need Robert Williams, and we need um, uh, George Carlin. Um, we need them both. <laughs> yeah, I never... Um, I've honestly... I, I love Robin Williams' specials. Um. Yeah, those are very. I feel um, Robin Williams, considering his situation, honestly, um, I don't, I don't know if uh, you know. Obviously, considering his medical situation, uh-huh. you know, I don't. I, I know he he didn't want to obviously continue, hmm. you know, with that with everything going on for him. So it's uh, like if he were here today unfortunately he would not be doing movies he would not be doing aladdin or doing candy uh, comedy specials or anything so that's true mm-hmm. and then one other thing that got announced uh yesterday i believe is shaman king manja gets a brand new anime treatment it's coming in april 2021 i have no clue what Sorry. that is no. <laughs> so you, we're talking about dark, and it, it's a very dark thing. But and I, I don't mind watching dark things in darker times. Uh, I would actually like to see Berserk to be um, <clears throat> Berserker to be in a live action. Mm-hmm. Is it Netflix doing that? It is. I think they are. I know they're doing Avatar: The Last Airbender as a live action series. Yes, I saw that. I w- I cannot wait for that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it can't be any worse than M. Night Shyamalan. 
<laughs> I, I kind of feel bad about that, to be honest. I'm not Shalman. He, I feel like he's definitely a solid director. Um, but thing is, tackling something like the last Airbender is so difficult. You know, well, I am amazed that Peter Jackson was able to successfully tackle, you know, the Middle Earth like he did successfully. You know, I, I feel like that, like um, going into world building to that extent is so difficult uh, for a director to do, especially one like him, where that's not his thing. That's not his wheelhouse. He's never done that before. Mm. Um, the I mean, the, the closest thing he's done is probably since Glass or Devil. I mean, and they're not, and they're more horror-ish, but they're not by any means like fantasy well, element kind of thing, you know? I mean, yeah, I know give him crap for that movie, but at the same token, I mean, one, if I'm wrong on this, this is a story that I read a long time ago. I can't even remember where it was from is he didn't really know the material to begin with because he wasn't a fan. Two, his daughter begged and pleaded for him, like literally harassed him to make the movie. M. Night? Yeah. So that's the reason why he did it, was basically to shut his daughter up. At least that's the story that I read. And then we got what we got. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Like I've heard, his, he did it because his children or his daughter liked the show. I don't know yeah. about him being forced almost to do it, yeah. but yeah, um, he, she just kept pestering and pestering and pestering, and finally, you know, as well, you'll find out soon. As a parent, when a kid's pestering, you're, it, one of two options is you just want to like sling him across the room or say fine <laughs> and just cave and just shut up. I'll do it. <laughs> well. I, in my case, I'll probably just give the eyes, and she'll probably <laughs> just understand. But um, I'll, I'll I'll have to determine how we're going to do discipline in the house. But we'll we'll see. But no, I, I it you have to have the right motivations into a movie, right? If you yeah. you do it just to, to to please someone, and you don't know the 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 base knowledge of a such a loved anime. Uh, it, most chances is gonna go wrong, especially he went from very like low budget non visual effect to boom. Here's a lot of visual effects, and if you're not, you know, used to working with visual effects and more working just with actors, mm -hmm. it can give do some really not good results. As I personally thought, the last Airbender movie was it wasn't a good result. Um, well, not only that, I mean, you know, it's not, it's no. It's no nothing new where for a kid to pressure their mm. parents or grandparents to get involved in franchises. I mean, Michael Gambon, that was the second Dumbledore, had no <laughs> desire to be in the Harry Potter films yep. whatsoever. He's like, I don't care to do it. I've never read the books. I don't want to do it. I just don't have the time. I'm old AF. It's just not something I want to do. But apparently his daughter, his granddaughter threatened to never talk to him again if he didn't <laughs> take the role. So he's like, well, I got to take it now. <laughs> and yet it's a perfect match. And yet some, I mean, sometimes it work out, works out and sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, you know, especially when it comes to directors, you know, it's just something that seems so totally outside its wheelhouse. Um, you know, but again, it's, uh, but sometimes um, he, I don't think he had the, the technical support either. Mm. Uh, going into it, you know, he, again, I know he he was very vocal about how he didn't he didn't know the the books or any 
not the, not the sorry the series uh, you know as well as, as he had hoped but that's also a very difficult world to tackle when it comes to film in general i pray for any uh director or creator to go into that you know i feel like it's almost impossible and not to mention because it is so beloved no matter what you do mm. you're gonna f up <laughs> you know yeah. like it sucks it really does same thing could be applied to the Star Wars. Good luck, uh, director joining Star Wars because it's so beloved. No matter what direction you're gonna go yeah. with it, no, not everyone's gonna be happy. You know, you can't please that much of a fan base unless you're Dave Filoni. Yeah, which, <laughs> and again, like if he does a movie or you know, kind of well, totally fears- movie. He's gonna no, he will totally do a movie. I hope he spearheads, he becomes Star Wars' Feige and not director. I really hope he becomes more of a showrunner than a director, to be honest. I'm thinking yeah. that's that's where I'm thinking his wheelhouse is gonna be, honestly, because mm. they don't really have anything like him um right now. And I know he just confirmed with several sources saying that he's the the Clone Wars is done. Mm. The series they they were completely wrapped up a lot of like a lot of people have been like hey you could should totally continue it but he's like no we're absolutely done we finished the project where he wanted to and we're very happy yeah. with results everyone is happy fans do want more and some well, if, higher ups want more because if you about it, the clone wars is actually ahsoka's story I mean, yes yeah. with ahsoka and it ends with ahsoka yes so and that's her story. And then we get yeah. Rebels, which continues her story. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but a lot of people, because it is was successful, it gave it got them a whole lot of money. They were like, Well, why should we stop? And yes. you know, yeah. alone, he, was out of, he was very adamant. And he doesn't want to do more. The studios yeah. apparently wanted to do more. And that's a smart choice for him to stop where he stopped because it led straight up to the events at the end of Sith and it was Ahsoka's story and now Rebels went and carried the torch and furthered her story. What I'd like to see her story be on that and see an actual conclusion to her story in some time in the future, like a live action show, movie, whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't, doesn't. Need, it doesn't need to be Clone Wars. It could be. It could be its own thing. Wasn't Rosie Dawes? Uh, is it still a rumor? Or been confirmed. No, that it's been confirmed that she is going to be. Uh, she is uh, Ahsoka. So. But in what though? Are we looking Mandalorian? Oh, okay. Confirmed okay. for the next season of Mandalorian. She. They. It's confirmed. She's apparently already accepting money. <laughs> <laughs> like they're 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 signed on that much right now. Um, and plus, she's been she's been very vocal about how much how excited she is to be involved. And it's like she fits. Like there's something about her and that character that for me, like when I saw the news, it just made sense to me. Mm-hmm. I doesn't she voice her? No, 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 no. She doesn't voice her. No, I don't think so. Um. I mean, it definitely does fit. It, it is a little annoying that one of the few women of color to get, to get into the Star Wars movie end up being, you know, completely. Ashley Eckstein voices her. Like covered over in paint, so that's a little frustrating, but. But Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, I get it, I get it, you know. Zoe Zaldana, she, does, she doesn't make money unless she's covered in paint, so. 
<laughs> hey, Star Trek. Star Trek. She, she went- yeah, but that movie is not because doesn't do well because of her. She no, can it does replace- well because of Chris Pine and um. Yeah, she can be replaced. Uh, She's been replaced before. See, she she, she was a standout moment for me. For me, like she she would, I I'm not big on the new Star Trek movies to be honest. She, and she didn't she have reason- contracts though. Uh, several oh, other did. people had contracts. She personally didn't have contracts when she signed on to Star Trek. She ended up getting a contract later on. Like, I think um, um, in the second one, because people loved her, but she didn't sign on. Uh, she w- They didn't assume that she was going to be a standout in the movie until, and then they realized, oh, she's actually cool. And then in the second movie, she, mm. and um, Star Trek, uh, Wrath of, not Wrath of Khan, um, but Khan is in it. With, into uh, the Darkness. Into Darkness, thank you. Yeah. Um, but Into Darkness, then they had, uh, they pretty much, they started doing the contract with her at that point. Well, it's, uh, it's weird. Is it, do you think it's, it's the reflection of what we're, we're all fighting for? Is it because she's a uh, African-American woman or do you just didn't think the actress would fit? Well, I mean, she's she's mixed. I mean, she's mm. uh, she's uh, she's um, Afro Afro Cubana, uh, mm. no, no um, Afro Caribbean. I think that's technically something along those lines. But um, she's been very. It's it is very unfortunate uh, because she is such a talented, really kick ass actress. But if you look at a majority of the movie, she's arguably one of the most bankable actresses hmm. because she's part of actively part of the main cast for some of the biggest franchises in film avatar hmm. biggest movie of all time. That's not even arguable. If we're not adjusting for inflation, she is involved in some of the biggest movies of all time, including the MCU. Hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of the movies, but that's being said, she's never, but she's not considered by herself a bankable actress unless she's like painted essentially, which is really sad. It's very sad. And I, I really hope things are going to change fast because even like my kid, she's uh, she's going to be half white, half Haitian, you know, she is a mixed baby. Did you that yet? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, Luna Jade. So cute. I love that. Technically, it's uh, Luna Jade, her last name. So Luna Jade Sanon and my last name, Manette. So Luna Jade Sanon Manette. Which we chose the name in consideration how well it is when we're mad. Because we're trying names like this name, like doesn't sound mad enough. Okay. And then we got Luna Jade Sanon Manette. Come here now. Okay, that works. (laughs) (laughs) Not even kidding. But um, but yeah. So I really hope things because she's yeah. There's no reason for her not to to see her as a bankable actor, you know. So it, it just it sucks where we are today, uh, th- today's day and age, and things are still not advancing. And hoping they're advancing now, you know. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, yeah, but that's a really great name, and I'm so excited for you. That's gonna be really fun. Uh, and again, we're excited for all the sleep you're gonna be getting. I already, I, I barely, I, I, I manage a call center and there's always calls in the middle of the night saying like, like I so still not like sleeping. So it'll be same as usual for me. Uh, what is a bit of a kick is we are both considered non-fertile. So it, it, this is, it's kind of like a miracle baby. So in my mind, all my years, I was like, okay, I'm never going to be a dad. I'm never going to be a dad. And Cynthia did the same. And then boom, one day. She got pregnant, and it's like, 
I'm being a dad. So it's it's the shock, but now I just can't wait to see. Apparently, she's gonna be a very chubby baby. She's uh, we're estimating around ten pounds. So she's gonna, yeah, she, she's a chubby baby. My brother was uh, my brother was uh, when he was born in Oklahoma way back in the day. He was the biggest baby born that month, and he oh. was born at eleven pounds nine ounces. Damn. Now. <laughs> My husband, he's one of three boys. Okay. All of them are like at at least nine, nine and a half pounds, which means, and and Lucas, he was smallest apparently at like nine and a half pounds. (laughs) (laughs) So essentially what I'm trying to say is I'm screwed. (laughs) (laughs) my body <laughs> yeah that's gonna be what one thing we're learning is the feminine body is a miracle it on its own it does things that you you think you're a straight and narrow thing it's still coming out it's gonna find it's, a way to come out <laughs> the body changes in a million different ways uh yeah john favreau as the potential new kathleen kennedy i can definitely see that i don't know if john favreau wants that though Honestly, I don't know if he does, but that's just me. Like he takes entire, he takes huge times off. He wrote to like, uh, he takes huge uh, lengths of time off from work just so he can do stuff that he wants to do. Like he took like Mm. a year and a half off from filming or doing anything just so he can go to cooking school. To, yeah, and I don't know. Because I don't know. That's kind of cool, though. Genuinely wanted to do, learn it, and that's awesome. And so, and also, he ended up making Chef, and he loved it so much. And he ended up making the cook, the Chef show, which is awesome. So good. Oh, it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah, that's <laughs> one out with Sam Raimi over like sourdough bread is the nerdiest shit <laughs> you will ever see. <laughs> And it, it works so well too because I love the chef he's with. They have such a strange but beautiful chemistry. Like they're like almost yeah. like two brothers that like annoy the crap by each other but still yeah. love each other. Yeah. So it, it really works. And that's one thing. Like I'm not big on Netflix these days. I really am not. But there's something about their cooking shows that makes me go back to Netflix. I binge watch someone feed uh, someone feed Phil and Chef like. There's no tomorrow. They have the best cooking shows or food shows. Now going shows is like the new thing. Absolutely. Now going back to uh, talking about Ahsoka for a brief second. Uh, Weston came back with us and said about Ashley Eckstein is the voice of Ahsoka. Who is she? Okay. Uh, voice actor, I guess. Second here, I have a picture. Um. Uh, oh, I have her. Yeah, I have her. Oh, you got oh, it? Yeah, yeah. She's not, um, yeah, I can just pull her up real quick. Um, yeah, so she's, I mean, she's a voice actress. She's not, uh, yeah. she's not an actress, actress, as far as I know. Um, I, I know the fans so wanted her to, to portray, but. but yeah. you, you can pull it up, though, if you like. I shared the screen at the bottom. Oh, there we go. I just learned something new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As far as I yeah. know, she's not like a super like she doesn't look familiar to me. Not at all to me. Uh, I've seen her in Star Wars Celebration. Uh, yeah. So she does mostly voice work, from what I see. Yeah, she's been in uh, Lego DC Superhero Girls, uh, DC Superhero Girls, Star Wars. Um, 
She's done some. She's TV done some. Show. She like she was in Sydney White. Oh, forgot about that movie. Um, but yeah, mostly voice work. So I don't see that coming through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see that coming through. Oh, I remember her. She was in uh, uh, the internship. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, like with uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Anne Hathaway. Uh, no, that's the intern. The intern oh, okay. has uh, Owen Wilson, and um, it, it takes place at Google. Oh, that crappy ass movie! Yeah, I I love <laughs> really I love that movie. I was never so finished it. How much I genuinely enjoyed that movie. Like, I I, uh, I I I tried it. I think my fourth time, and recently too. I just can't stay awake to save my life. I loved it. I did. I have actually, I've cried watching it. It's so funny to me. Huh. But that's just me. And then uh, Jay also went. That's it. Jay also asked, would there be a downside to have an ex-line do the voice like Sam did for Maul? Um, You got such a big actress user. um, That's kind of what I was thinking is that you you got a name. Why would you dub over I, I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of curious. Are, are are you referring to like is she as if she's not really going to be in the movie? I mean, sorry, in the show as if like her physically is not going to be in the show, or is yeah, it going to be like that's the way I'm understanding situation? Is that what he's asking? Well, that's what it feels like what I'm thinking is probably have the actress uh, doing Ahsoka, but uh, Eckstein doing the voiceover for the actress, yeah. which I. I- I, I don't I, I don't like that. I feel like that's a little weird, especially considering it's Rosario fucking Dawson. Like mm-hmm. that's what my thought is too. Really if, you have, if you have her acting, use her mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. That's yeah. my opinion. But not to say that uh, you know, Eckstein's not Ashley Eckstein's voice is not obviously I you know very iconic and everything. Um, but the thing is, it's just that she's not yeah, that's true, but that was a hologram situation. And also in the hologram, they based it off of, you know, doing uh, Sam Whitworth actually got dressed and did the physicality to mm-hmm. film it so they can make a hologram for that scene. So it's different. Yeah. So, like, Weston, I think, siding with us saying that unnecessary. It's not a Ray Parker, Darth Whitworth yeah. situation. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem. That's kind of that, I'm siding with Weston on that. That's exactly where my mind goes because if you having somebody in the role, mm-hmm. let them act the role out. Like, I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah you got such a big uh, star name. Make it make her own. You know, if you voice over, it's hard to make it your own, especially if she's there. She has her own show, let's say, or she. We want to see more of her. Now you're kind of stuck of having the voiceover again, and she cannot really appropriate the character as if she would do the voice herself. Uh, not to mention, I mean, Ashley, she's she's very notable, obviously, but she's not a she's not a. I don't want to say brand name actress. That sounds weird. Uh, house uh, yeah, house house name, name actress. That's where. Yeah, that's that. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. She's not a house house name actress. That's yeah. what it is. Maybe she isn't, you know, in voice acting, but this is a whole different situation. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, and also, this is actually a very, very good comparison. x is a legend in this space, but Kevin Conroy doesn't wear the bat suit. Oh, but my he God. Did he did appear, wearing the bat suit? He did appear in the show, and I didn't find yeah, he was that good. Did so. during, he did during this past crossover, but he never technically donned the cow. Yeah. So. Yeah. It doesn't always translate, because once... Like the crossover, I heard like CW what they were doing. It's like, oh, this is amazing. But when I actually seen it, a lot of the actors that it, it just doesn't cross over. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I would never want to see Mark Hamill in a Batman movie, actually, no. as Joker in an actual live action movie. Like, again, I feel like it would just take away from that moment. The entire time I'd be like, it's Hamill, it's Hamill, it's Hamill. And I would constantly thinking, I love the animated show, but this movie might be crap. And I don't want to have that thing. I want that movie to be like a standalone situation mm. and really absorb it for what it's meant to be. But if it you doesn't have it to in the animated series or those adaptations, yeah. you're not going to get a really great mm. uh, viewing experience. He doesn't have the look for Joker, though, either. Honestly, I mean, the animation is one thing because he could do the voice dub over. Yeah. But he, I cannot picture Hamill as Joker. I just, in my mind's eye, okay. I can't do it. Have you I, seen the behind the, behind the scenes of him doing the voice? No. Because he becomes, when he does the, 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 the last <coughs> thing, his face changes and the, because he's oh, an actor, yeah. right? It's creepy AF. Yeah, so you put him in the character with makeup, he might not look physically in interviews and everything, but when he's in character and um, he embodies it, I, I go contrary to what you said, Hoto. Yeah, it, not to mention, he's a, if you're going to be doing a, a Joker like Hamill, he's an, he's an old established Joker. Essentially, mm. he's kicked Batman's ass a handful of times. Mm. He's been to prison. He's almost died a bazillion times. <laughs> um, so it's uh, I don't feel like we would ever see old man Joker the way we talk about old man Batman. Like, I don't think that's a conversation that we we would have, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, personally, though, I could be wrong, you know. Uh, I like, like I sent you the, the question last time. My money, if, if we're doing a, a Joker, is uh, Sammy, uh, Rami Salik. Uh, is that his name? The guy from uh, Mr. Robot. Rami and, uh, Remy Malik, there you go. Uh, my money's on him. He has the face. He has the darkness. He has, he, you know, he can go slightly mad, you know, and really play and do something completely different than what we've seen. I what do you think of him being as a Bond villain, being he is the villain for the new Bond film. Perfect. I, I can't wait for that. I, I'm really super excited for Daniel Craig's last one, uh, last hurrah as Bond, and good for him for holding out to make that fifty million. Um, <laughs> That's a boss-ass move right there. Um, but <laughs> it, I, I, I don't want to see Rami Malek as, as hmm. him, to be honest. I, I've seen uh, Rami Malek in these kind of interesting character roles before, and I think that's fine. But um, I don't want to see him hold into uh, pulled into like these character roles where he can only be the weird guy. He can't be a Joe Schmo, you know? Hmm. And uh, he's if he takes on more roles like that, I feel like that would be where he would be placed for a very long time. Um, but I really want to see more no name actors really get the spotlight and get weird with them. Um, mm. 
with some of these Batman rules. I want I want it really funky, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> you know. And if you're gonna get weird, might as well be a Batman movie. And let's be honest, a lot of times, like Anne Hathaway, she was cool and as Catwoman, but she was not allowed to get weird. Hmm. It's Anne Hathaway, like. Well, especially the new Nolan verse, right? You, there's yeah, exactly. just so much weird you can get. But uh, yeah, Matt like Reeves. Matt Reeves is he wants to get weird. But you I heard know? he wants to get serious. He is gonna get serious, but he's also well, he needs to be serious and weird at the same time. Colin Farrell is in it. He's as the penguin. You also have Paul Which is Dano weird. that in itself is a weird casting. You have Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yo. No, I don't like that. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Mm, what? Mm, mm. You want to <laughs> go? You want to go? Take this one out. <laughs> okay. Don't start. Boy. Okay. Let me just pull him what up. Want, girl? Like, he is the most Riddler-looking <laughs> dude ever. It. I. The looks. I get it, Alex. The looks. I get it. It's the. Again, an actor. He can change his personality, but something so too down. I don't know. It just for me, his personality doesn't. I. I don't see his voice. Into the character. Kidding me? No, he, I'm not. It's look at him. I am gonna pull him up. Um, and if you can find him, um, because I, I have him because I can't pull him up because uh, I have his screen up here, but I can't just. It's but he's perfect physically speaking. He's fantastic, and he's such a really awesome established actor. He's weird. He's funny. He's dramatic. He's creepy AF. He is perfect for the Riddler. I look. I, I'm still not sold. I'm still not sold. No, but we'll I'm not in your face, okay? We'll, Get we'll, out of here. We'll we'll have a conversation after the movie. If we I watch the movie. We'll we'll see if I change. I still don't picture it and. Hey, we we got our opinions, but I'm right. <laughs> I don't know. Are you okay? You also think mm-hmm. we can do another Joker movie, so you know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I really also um, if we were going to dive into some of the acting chops of some of these actors that are being cast in this movie, you know, like I mentioned, they're trying to go with a very young uh, Batman with with uh, with Matt Reeves' Batman. He's young. He's learning. He's getting his first real villain interactions, which I love. He's making a lot of errors. He's figuring his shit out, mm. um, you know, um, with, uh, and um, uh, so, so I'm really excited for kind of him figure that out. So he's not the established uh, Batman that we know him today. He, where he's like, he's solving those pr- puzzles. He's able to predict a lot of these horror these situations he's going into this with his batman being like this is a baby batman that's going to make a whole lot of mistakes and that's going to be reflected in his interactions Mm. with these villains and so a lot of these villains are going to be around the same age as him you know they're just starting to get into the whole villainous super situation and so um but if you're going to be diving into joker joker is a very serious villain and mm. I don't feel like he, that character, this baby Batman, is ready for the Joker. Now, well, when we're just learning to, to who this this mm. Batman is, anyway. You know? well, 
and and that that still supports what I want to for to, to be or overarching over three movies and put him at the end because he's not ready at the first movie, but he, he's gonna have to be ready at the last movie no. to go against him. Okay, Man, but yeah, sure. But I mean, it would be like over like ten years, and mm. had we've had so many Jokers, we're already getting another Joker movie. Joaquin Phoenix has already confirmed he wants to do another one. But is that official? Because I yeah, heard he just had... He says he wants to do another one, and Joaquin Phoenix is really mm. flirty. He's like, yeah, I would totally do it, but, you know, it just depends on my schedule. Like, how many Jokers do we flipping need? We have one Riddler on screen. How many Penguins? Yeah, like two, two Penguins on screen. Yeah. Now, technically, if you count uh, Gotham, there was uh, two Riddlers, which I find was the better Riddler on Gotham. I, oh, yeah, I was referring to movies exclusively. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. How dare you? Get yourself together. I'm professional. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> oh. I'm looking at the cast now for Matt Reeves' Batman because I really haven't looked at it yet. I'm, I'm liking this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I like him with casting. Have you I, seen um, Robert Pattinson and some of his other indie works like uh, The Lighthouse or Cosmopolis re- before? Remember I Me. See the Lighthouse. Remember Me? Sure. Yeah. That was, that's from a while ago. Yeah. The Lighthouse was effed up. That movie's weird. I I don't know where, where to find it. Uh, I tried to stream my stuff. I, I can't find it. It's not available anywhere in, in yeah. Canada right now. Oh, Andy Serkis and Alfred, Serkis. absolutely. God, yes. <laughs> Say what? Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. Can you get more perfect than that? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because as James Gordon. Well, John Tudor's car. Oh, that's nice. I did not know John Tudor was doing uh, Carmine. Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. That's interesting. Oh, you didn't know that. I love him. Okay, I love that casting. Yes. Peter Sarsgaard, he's the one who played it, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I forgot Totoro's in it. I love John Totoro. No, Peter is uh, the one who played, um, crap, uh, Garden State. But isn't he the one who played um, it? No, no, that's his That's no, his brother, no? no yeah, those are their brothers. Um, oh. you're, uh, Peter Skarsgård. Um, yeah, he was in Garden State with Zach Braff and... Uh, and um, the girl from uh, Star Parker. Wars. Yeah, Natalie Portman. The girl from Star Wars. Uh, that was Star <laughs> I, I, I will forever. I feel bad. I, I will forever think of her as like the girl from Leon or the Professional, and then later mm. on, um, V for Vendetta. Mm. Um, but also, this is going to be in this. Oh, for, oh, uncredited. So it's probably going to be like an after scene, after credit scene. Yeah, mm. that that's is. There's a lot of. Uh, Funeral VIPs here. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> I I I think it is. It there might be a funeral. Oh, well, obviously there's gonna be a funeral, but I, f- I feel like there's probably gonna be some kind of a funeral, especially for Falcone. Um, you think Falcone bites it in this one? Um, I no, I think he might be. I think he might die because um, him dying is a big. Um, it's like it, you sometimes it in the comics 
it really that's like him dying really kind of triggers the events of mm. Gotham. And I know that's oh, how okay. it went in the also in the TV show as well. It was Falcone dying that uh, triggers everyone to be like, well, who's going to take over the city? Is it going to be the freeze? Is it going to mm. be the It's going to be this or Alfred? Huh? Huh? So they're doing a no man's land, uh, or they did a no man's land because I'm a bit like late on Gotham. Um, yeah, like the storyline, right? Okay. Yeah, they also are doing it right now on the Harlequin show, which I haven't seen it yet. Oh I need to watch that. Yeah, I so badly so want good. to, but I just haven't got to it yet. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. <it's laughs> I just have no, no words. Probably, I'm not kidding. It is probably my favorite show on television right now. Binge worthy. Yes. 100 yeah. fucking cent. I binge watched like six hours worth uh, when I first saw it. I went in being like, okay, maybe I'll watch one or two episodes and see how I like it. Because I yeah. went in being like with these stupid high expectations because one of my best friends is uh, she is a nut for all things Harlequin. She's upset. Her and her bedroom is decked out in Harlequin shit. Hmm. And so she's like, okay, this is really great. This is amazing. As a Harlequin fanatic, I had really high expectations and I already went into it. And I'm not a Harlequin fanatic, but I am just like, I, I'm not really into, I'm not super into anime like I used to. I'm not used to, I don't like watching TV shows all that much. I actually avoid watching TV shows because I like, I'm heavily training my competitors and I try to watch new movies all the time, you know, a bunch of this stuff. And so going into it, I'm going to be like, this is gonna be a waste of fucking time. I don't want to watch it. I've been told it's political. I've been told it's overly meta, blah, blah, blah. But it is so good. So fucking good. My ex my expectations are crazy high, but what I got was even fucking higher. I mean, is it good because it's it's good production or the story is the story worth is it? Fantastic. It's the story is fantastic. The the voice acting is hilarious. Mm. Um, there's a lot of voice actors where you're like, that looks sounds familiar, but they don't overpower the character. Uh, the animation is really good. It's really funny. And everything, uh, character wise is very on point and it holds up. All right. You sold me. I, I was already wanting to watch it. I think I know what to, what to, to watch this week. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alex Rand. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, I'm enjoying every bit of it. I'm I'm learning stuff as you guys are ranting on. So, like, I didn't realize that uh, Falcone, uh, or Falcone, however you pronounce it, I didn't realize that he actually bites it. Then again, like I said before, I'm not, I'm not big into DC, so. Well, depending on the storyline, like I mentioned, because, like, there's some of them where his death triggers it, um, but there's some... Uh, where they trigger essentially no man's land where Gotham becomes pretty much becomes self becomes isolated where, um, but that's like one approach or you can actually, he is a really great mafia villain, like much more traditional dark gritty mafia villain. So you can go in that direction as well. Either way, he's a great character to use. So mm. not so much as John Turturro. He's wonderful. <laughs> All right, one one last thing that I wanted to cover because this was announced this week, and this is pretty big news uh, considering the fact that Comic-Con got canceled mm -hmm. outright because of the pandemic. But they announced that they're going to do a Comic-Con at home, and it's going to be free to everybody. From what I'm understanding, it's free to everyone to watch. 
they're wow. Gonna do, they're going to do panels uh, like they normally would, except it's going to be basically like the way that PlayStation 5 reveal was, where it's, everything's pre-recorded. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it. I'm glad that they're giving us something. Here, here's the thing, though, because yes, it's cool, but like, are you are you gonna are they gonna put it on the Comic Con website, or are they gonna affiliate themselves with Netflix or streaming service? Because the people like you know have TVs and they, don't, they can't necessarily I like. Don't think they've actually announced how they're doing it yet. They just announced that they're going to be doing it. I think they're okay. still working on logistics. Oh, that's pretty curious. I wonder who uh, some of the panelists are gonna be and which ones. Well, I know DC isn't there. DC announced even before they announced that they were canceling Comic Con that they weren't going to be there. So you take DC off the table unless they decide to make a surprise appearance considering everything that's going on. Yeah, they might need the push. So um I'm just really hoping we get some um I don't need pictures of like set pictures but just going back to the batman story i would mm-hmm. love to see some inspiration behind mm-hmm. like a witch because you know obviously with joker there's a million and one different adaptations of joker in the comics and you know uh arkham and everything i would love to see these versions like the which versions of like riddler and everything they're going to incorporate yeah. I just want like a maybe a picture of them in costume or something. I don't know. I could one thing I can definitely see coming out uh is we get in our Black Widow trailer just because why? I I could just see Marvel doing it just to keep the buzz. But why would you want to have buzz right now? If you if you use the buzz right now, you're wasting buzz for when it comes out later. Cause I I see them making so I at the end of it I see them making a surprise announcement that they're gonna drop it uh, not on Disney Plus but they're gonna they're gonna release it in theaters once the theaters open back up at the end of the year around Christmas time. See that confuses me. That, honestly, that's just me though. I I thought it was the streaming uh, movie. They're, they're putting it in theaters or not? Because I, I'm getting confused. They're waiting to put it in theaters. They held off until like next year. They're like this movie in particular. They are banking on. Mm-hmm. They need it to succeed. I think mm-hmm. they already knew that Artemis Fowl was going to be a crap fest. So it's like okay, just yeah, just get that out of there. We'll just throw that on streaming. I I don't think so. I don't think they knew that at the time. Um, they ended up reshooting it a little bit to, like I mentioned earlier, to Disneyfy it. But it was also not a Disney property. It was bought by Disney. Oh, was it, that Warner Fox? It was not. Yeah, it was bought by Disney, and they were so Disney. They were like so like what they they just acquired it like what they oh, did okay. with New Mutants, and they're like, well, we don't want to put additional money into marketing or whatever for it, so let's just put it out on streaming because we don't need to waste more money for it. And no. that's what I'm afraid the Disney Plus is going to become. I hope it doesn't become the dumping ground. And sometimes we have certain things that was in cinema, and new original content is the things that wasn't good enough for cinema. Mm-hmm. I really hope you be careful of that. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I don't think it is. They're just they're just acquiring so much stuff, honestly. And you know, I just want new mutants to pop on, on Hulu so bad. It's just annoying. It's that movie should not come out in theaters. Like well, maybe that's one of the announcements that Marvel makes there at their panel is saying, Yeah, by the way, 
we know that New Mutants keeps getting pushed. And it's basically a cursed film. So we're just going to drop it on stream. And also, none of the actors are want to be affiliated with it anymore. So yeah, well, there were talks for like a minute, like once they were acquired by Disney, that they wanted to like do reshoots, but they like uh, Maisie Williams, who did it when she was like twenty years old, is like twenty four years old now, and she looks completely different because she looks so young. She was still doing Game of Thrones at the time. Wow. You know, so just to put in perspective. Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, I have no clue when that movie is coming out. <laughs> like, no one, wants, no one is there. Everyone involved is actively against promoting it. No one wants to talk about it. They actively avoid questions regarding it. And it's like actively a joke. Even the director is like, fuck that movie. And it could be a, a cabin in the woods situation. It got so pushed back, but it was so loved and still was a really good movie so yeah but that movie didn't make money true it true. that movie didn't make even a hundred million dollars it yeah, didn't Kevin even get a following until after it came out yeah in, on uh home media so, yeah it was the whole following behind it it would have had immense success if it came out on netflix it would have been like the bird box hmm it would have been that big. It would have taken over the world for like 10 minutes. But it didn't. Uh, movies is a fickle thing to predict, right? You put you inject so much mo uh, money Plus, into it. so Especially right now, yeah. considering because we're in an unprecedented situation across the board. So Yeah. They got to do what they got to do. Everyone's got to make money somehow. Yeah. Well, especially them. if we want us to continue having good stuff coming from them you know it takes a lot of money to produce really big popcorn movies so mm -hmm. cheaply nowadays larry um, just put here. up what's that uh oh i mean like if you're gonna be putting it's uh a lot of well companies are debating a lot of companies are debating whether or not it's worth the investment to put money into put put uh, movies in theaters just because it is expensive to put money in theaters, mm. you know, because if you're doing that as a contract, you're doing it for so much time, you're paying the theater money for the ability to essentially like rent out that individual theater for so much time during the day. Um, so it is very risky. Not only that, the marketing is really, it can be really expensive and it's really risky. And now more than ever, I mean, you're hearing statistics about 70 or 80% of the public is not comfortable in going to movie theater. They would rather watch movies at home. Trolls, uh, Trolls World, World Tour made yeah. over $200 million in, um, in its like first month more which is significantly more it's like triple uh what it made in five months in a theater wow when it was released on vod so it is a sound strategy if you don't think it's going to do well in, in theaters but yeah like the the studios might aim more for streaming if it gives a better life to, to movies and you can reach out to a lot more people because you don't have to go out you know and yeah. you, you don't have to pay uh yeah cheaper and you know you have your own food you're not forced to get like ten dollar for fifteen dollar part popcorn you Especially know? if you have a family if you have kids mm. i mean mm. if you're if you have a family with like several kids that's like fifty dollars in tickets sometimes more and that doesn't include parking or popcorn and drinks or anything mm. and you know 
So if you have to pay just 20 bucks for a weekend rental of a big yeah. movie, that is easy decision. Easy. Def definitely that. And there's no one kicking your back of the seat and talking oh. on a cell phone, which is oh even an added bonus. <laughs> oh, it's rough. It's so rough. That's a whole conversation right there. Um, well, yeah. we're pushing the three hour mark. So, Louie, I know you got to go on here pretty directly. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. going on 12.30 my time. Same yeah. here. I didn't, I didn't realize what time it was, honestly. And I, yeah. we're, we're I taping a timer. And, and we're taping at uh, at 10 o'clock uh, uh, well, this morning, technically. So, yes, I do have to go soon. Yeah. So, um, not to cut everybody off. I mean, I could just sit here and we could have this conversation <laughs> forever. But... Um, Alex, I really appreciate you being on. Sorry that John couldn't be on with us. I mean, kind of a bummer. But, Louie, thank you definitely for uh, jumping in literally at the last second. It's uh, my pleasure. That was great on your part. And, uh, Jay, if you're still in the room, thank you for making the suggestion. I greatly appreciate it, considering the pinch that I was in. So, uh, I guess uh, we do plugs now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bear with me. I'm a little tired. Um, but uh, Alex, I'll let you uh have first crack and then we'll just go around the table then. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Alex Mack, part of the Call to Action crew. You can find me over at Call to Action Podcast, where I host several shows over there. I do a lot of reactions for various, uh, you know, different Schmodown related matches, as well as Schmobase is a Schmodown's debate show where we argue and debate to the death, to the blood of, you know, the biggest questions surrounding Schmodown in general, all the way from who would be, what is the best, you know, belt match in Schmodown history down to what is the best heel move in Schmodown, you know, to all that good stuff. It's really fun. I have a lot of really cool competitors going on uh, debating right now in the middle of a Schmo Bates tournament here next week. I have Ben Bateman from Finstock Exchange. That's going to be going up against James White. Uh, so he uh, is going to be really great. It's going to be on Wednesday at 930 Central. Um, but you can also find me on Twitter right there. And um, give me a follow. That'd be pretty cool. I'll probably follow you back because I know who you are. <laughs> All right, and I'm part of the Schmoes of the North Entertainment Network. Uh, we have a couple shows, Schmodown Night in Canada, which we give our reactions to the shows. We have also Norton Consultations, where we have a one-on-one -one -one with the greatest personalities of Schmodown. We also have audio podcasts. If you want to follow me or contact me, the best places on Twitter on Norton Schmoes. Um, Norton Schmoes, yeah, there you go. So that being said, on my end, it's getting late. So adieu. All right, and as always, you can find me on Twitter and any social media accounts just by looking up Hotel Nerd. Uh, my handle for Twitter is right here in name tag at Hotel underscore Nerd 86. Find me on Facebook and, like I said, any other social media platform. Just look up Hotel Nerd and you'll find me. Uh, Patreon, uh, you can find me there also by looking up Hotel Nerd. Uh, by all means, join. Uh, tonight, unfortunately... The PayPal and Streamlabs didn't want to talk with me. So if you did send anything in, I will definitely be looking them up and I will be making a separate video. If you send any questions in for Louie or Alex, I will definitely be sending them to them so they can answer any questions for you as well. Uh, because if you're donating money, I definitely want you to get your money's worth and get the answers from the people that you're asking the questions to. Uh, but with that said, 
again, Alex, Louie, thank you very much. Uh, it was a great talk. Definitely the longest video that we've done so far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very typical, if I'm in it, I'm not going to lie. So uh, I would love to get Roka on at some point. I'm sure oh, that well. we could even go further with uh, getting you and Roka on at the same time there, Alex. I'm, I'm not going to lie. He does not like going very long. I, 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 I kind of, well, I kind of figured he doesn't like going on much of other people's stuff anyhow. You'd be surprised. Well, he, no, he, no, does. he does. Uh, he absolutely does. Uh, sometimes it's just, uh, he dedicates uh, the evenings, unless it's like for something, one of his shows or something, he likes to dedicate, that's like his time away from the million and one shows that he does. So that's like <laughs> But uh, no, he's he's been on, he's been on our show once too. You know, he's very supportive uh, of the fan stuff. Just he's uh, yeah. like a billion and one shows, right? There's so a, a lot of shows he does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure uh, beyond your show hotel. It's been a pleasure meeting you, Alex. I hope uh, uh, we are able to do this again one day. So thank you very much. Yep, thank you very much, and both of you have a very good night. You too. Thanks, good guys. Too. Yep. Mm-hmm.